The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Go get a cup of coffee in here, please. Wait, wait, that was Nicolas Cage? Is that what you're telling me? Damn good coffee and hot. Wake up, America. You've got a dog that needs walking. That's right, sunshine. Just put on a big pot of strong coffee and get ready to type your little hate mail with your opinions about Kumbaya and flat earth insanity. Stand-up comedy? You want stand-up comedy? Well, we got, well... We've got sit-down comedy. It's time for Coffee with the Dog. You make me laugh. Don't bet on it. That's all I got to say. Goodbye. What are you looking at, people? Don't you have better things to do on a Tuesday morning? Better. So yeah. Oh, good morning. It is uh, Tuesday, December 5th, 2023. I hope you are having a wonderful day wherever you are. But Tuesday is the worst day of the week. I maintain that. I will never stop. What's going on over there? Yeah, you. Oh, excuse me, folks. Uh, That music sounds a little bit like Rush. Rush is considering getting back together. They're looking for a drum. And now they says they are looking to recruit one of the world's greatest drummers, but it doesn't say who it is. Uh, Rush fans might be a little upset about that because Neil Peart really was the captain of that ship. I say the captain of that ship, not shit. (laughs) Although, uh, not everybody loved Rush. But um, that music kind of is Rush inspired. I don't know why I did that, that... Tom Sawyer inspired um, intro there, um, but there it is. Anyway, Rush is thinking about getting together. Some people, uh, diehard Rush fans, I don't know, not not going to love that idea, and some will. Kiss had their final concert the other night, Madison Square Garden, and uh, a lot of their diehard fans did not like it. Did not like it, I say. Did not like it, I say. Uh, they felt it was too corporate. There was nothing special about it. It was just a home dome dome uh, humdinger of a of a corporate show is what it was. I my friend Kevin was there photographing this stuff, and uh, you know, lots of lights and pyrotechnics and all of the spectacular costume BS that you get with a Kiss show. I'm never a fan of Kiss, I have to say. Never a fan of Kiss. But I, you know, I have played a few Kiss songs over the years by uh, 
with a gun at my head, actually. Um, not not a fan of Kiss. Not a fan of their, their music. Not a fan of them personally uh, or what they did in making rock and roll uh, pretty much like professional wrestling. Um, never been a wrestling fan either. It's take it out on me. Get mad at me now. Get mad at me now. Uh, it's not like you weren't mad at me when you signed up for this thing. Anyway, uh, so we have a good show for you today, but it's clean comedy. Both both our uh, guests today are uh, clean comedians. And I don't really know how to talk to people who are clean. Because I'm dirty. I'm dirty. I'm filthy dirty. I'm disgustingly dirty. I'm I'm toxically dirty. And I don't know how to relate to people who are, are clean. But we ha- we're going to try to make it as funny as possible without me being a disgusting, dirty, dogly... I can't say either fuck. I can't say fuck. I can't say shit. I can't say cunt. I can't say piss. I can't say... Uh, Maybe I could say piss. But what what good is piss without a fucking shit? Anyway, uh, Willie's been on the road, Rodian. and he's uh, he's back today, uh, and he's responsible for our, our first guest coming on the show today. Let's say hello to Willie. Good morning, Willie. Good morning. Oh, you're working. Your your sound is working well. That's a surprise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> your recording system is uh in Grants, New Mexico, but you are not. It, yes, that's right. Um my sister's actually gonna send it to me though. Um, send it no, 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 no. What do you mean no? It'll get lost. Wait till you get back home. Wait till you get back home. It's gonna get fucked up. You can't trust bad enough we gotta trust the people who sell it to get it to Grants. You don't wanna <laughs> Um, if it gets lost, I'm gonna I'm gonna find you and I'm gonna fucking cut your head off and piss in your dead skull. Okay, all right. That's don't ha- don't have it. Wait till you get home. Why does the big rush? Are you? Cause I would like you to be there using it, but until you have your hands on it, there's no big rush to get to it. Well, right, but my my thing is is like I'm gonna be moving around so much that I kind of. So, so take a bus trip down there and get it. Don't let it be shipped. Um, all right, I'm tired of yelling at Bud. Pl- I'm also pissed. No, yeah, I get trolling me on YouTube. I have a yeah. All right, and we'll say hello to GD. GD's there waiting very patiently to to curse you out as well. I'm not going to curse you out. Mine dog coffee. Why don't you curse him out? I don't always drink coffee, but when I do, I say, fuck Willie. What the hell is wrong with him? There you go. (laughs) I mean, but when I do, it's a moving experience. You do it when he's not here. You might as well do it when he's here is all I'm saying. I mean, that's all you do when he's not here. Yeah, when I'm not here, he tries to get me replaced and stuff. What the hell? That's Only the once. That was because it was a nicer dick. Hey, hey, it only needs to be one time, (laughs) GG. That's true. Like, Um, I don't... (laughs) Willie was trolling me on YouTube. Like, I don't have enough problem with trolls. I got Willie trolling me on YouTube last night. He's, like, leaving, like, little snide, nasty comments. What? Uh, oh, I, you know, I forgot what I said, but I don't even remember what it was about. It was about the the girl that was dancing at the club Friday night. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but well, I, hey, you, said, <laughs> you said you want comments 
I want comments. Show, I I don't expect people on the team to be trolling. Uh, oh. But there you go. It is what it is. Uh, I come on, it was it was funny. It was funny. Was it, you think so? Oh, it was. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, clean comedy. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. It's Tuesday morning. I can't be clean. Then don't. Oh, will well, be clean? You'll be clean. I don't I think. Clean. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't oh, think oh! One of I, you thought, I thought you meant my you. urine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, who are you rooting, rooting for? What do you? Is this like a big, big time outfit, or just like some? Kiss. Uh, no. It, Kiss? So the company I work with is Witch Hunt Productions, um, and they do various different uh, stuff. Like what we did this time is uh, I helped with the Aladdin production that was at the Washington Pavilion, which was actually really amazing. It was actually the biggest production that the Washington Pavilion has done to date. It was so, um, and the crew that we had putting it up and taking it down, because I also was there when the trucks came in and helped set it up. And I got to tell you, uh, some insider information about the magic carpet uh, that's, that's used in that show. The the like um the mechanism i guess that's used to move that carpet around seven thousand pounds like moving moving that thing was a production in and that doesn't even make sense because you can get a real flying carpet and only weigh like 12 pounds where do you get that right (laughs) flying carpet to us gd sews them together himself Oh. Well, they are handmade. I don't make them. I just am like a third-party person who sells them. I don't. Uh, so, where is this Washington Pavilion? In what city? What? Where is it located? It's in Sioux Falls. It's it's one of the you know nicer venues in Sioux Falls. It's, Washington um, Pavilion. Like they're, they're now, has George Washington ever slept there? No, because he slept no, a lot of places. You know that he, they say he slept I, everywhere, which is well, impossible. <laughs> Everywhere you go, Washington slept here. You don't. It's so. Uh, so what is the the uh, why is it named after Washington? Just because he was the first president? You don't know. Oh, uh, you know, there's yeah, it's, maybe because there's a lot of presidential stuff here. You, in South you're Dakota. you're supposed to learn about these things wherever you go. You need to learn about these things. Right. Why? Well, why South is it Dakota, called this? So South Dakota has you know it has Mount Rushmore. So like there's Mount Rushmore, like a real presidential Mount, motif in this state. Mount Rushmore, so, Norn. Mount Rushmore, Mount Rushmore, Mount Rushmore. I slept on top of Mount Rushmore once. Mount Rushmore. No, it's you illegal. Didn't. No, you didn't. You yes, didn't. I did. You're lying. No, you're a terrible liar. I am a terrible liar, but I did it. You're an awful he, rotten person. He's trying to find Nicholas Cage's secret entrance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I I was 17. I didn't even know there was a Nick Cage. Or oh, secret man. entrance. Hey, Nick, uh, Nick Coppola, by the way. Yeah, true, true. Nick true. Coppola. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So you, this Washington you know, Pavilion. He always, he's always maintained that he did that because he didn't want people to associate him with Francis Ford well, Coppola, that's but nice. I think it was Verse, kind of Ver- Francis's. I think it was Francis's request. Like, no, no. Like, let's change this name, sir. Your acting is bad enough that I don't want the association. 
Wow, really? You think he's a bad actor? Is he a bad actor? No, I'm kidding. I'm just giving him crap. I'll say no. It's more like his. I've been I've been a Nicky Cage fan since Raising Arizona. Um, what about I think his first movie was Valley Girl, right? Valley Girl. You don't think like Raising Arizona was his? Raising Arizona was wonderful. I yeah, never, I never saw it. Yeah, never saw yeah. it. Oh, okay. Uh, I never saw any movies. Name a movie. Oh my, you, I haven't you, seen it. Well, okay. I'm not going to tell you to go back and watch Raising Arizona. I'm not going to go back. God, the Godfather Four. I, I've seen it. <laughs> I actually have seen it. <laughs> actually, it was done in claymation. It was really nicely done in claymation. Yeah. Uh, speaking of claymation, Jake uh, Jolly will be with me tomorrow night doing that. Uh... That's the guy who did it. He did Godfather 4. No, he didn't. No, he yeah. didn't. No, he okay, didn't. Don't believe me. I don't, don't have to. Me. I know Jake, and I know yeah. he did. Jake doesn't. Jake is not a Godfather fan. That's uh, why not, he did it in Clay no. Nation. Now you're going to call me a liar. No, no, you are. I already to called you a liar. I called you a dirty, rotten liar. To my face. I can't believe this. <laughs> yeah. Wait till, I'll um, wait, till, wait till Jake comes. Now I was going to offer you a free screening of, of uh, uh, Clay, Clay Zombie Christmas, uh, which Jake is, is going to be uh, talking about tomorrow night. It, it debuts, I think, next week. Wait a minute, uh, but tomorrow night's the Republican debate. I don't know if I can miss the debate to watch that. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> who can you name the four people debating? Uh well, they already have names. Um Vivid Ramaswamy, um, Chris Christie, uh, the lady chick, <laughs> Nikki Haley, and, and and Ron too short to be a candidate and really, really short on ethics, DeSantis. Very good. You, you named all four. Very good. I don't think Willie could have done that. I don't think he could. I don't think really cares about the Republican <laughs> de- debate. Neither do I, really. I was, and I, I named him in order just, of complexion. I was just thinking about what's going on on Twitter. What's, what is going on on Twitter? You know what's going on on Twitter? Uh, this is interesting. Last night, as cops in Arlington, Virginia were about to... Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Do a search warrant. I can't even think of it. Enforce a search warrant. Uh, the house blew up. A house yeah, totally blew up. I mean, yeah. blew up like like a nuclear bomb hit it. Like special well, effects. That's one way to, that's one way to get rid of the evidence. But you're not going to hear anything about that on the news now. About And you haven't heard. It hasn't been a news story. But you only know about this stuff if you're on Twitter. But so, cop, what was the search warrant for? We don't know. But it seems very fireworks. Fireworks. (laughs) (laughs) I think fireworks are legal in Virginia, by the way. They were looking for explosives. (laughs) I think we found them. (laughs) Uh, Just before we bring our first guest in, I got to play a commercial before we bring them in. But um, you know, I've been thinking about getting out of this congressional race. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna I'm gonna bail out. There are I. Think forty uh, people who are registered as independent to run in this wow. thing. But it's just okay, insane. hang on. <laughs> I have to say though, I I really really feel that the more candidate, especially if there's a bunch of independent candidates as well. I mean that's that's better for you because that spreads out the vote. Well, here's the thing. Some of them, uh, at least six of them, have military experience and all that kind of stuff, and people love that. I have. You need me to that. do some recon on those guys? I'll go. I'll, 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 
I, I, just because what do you, what do you do? Try, you mean try to find dirt on them and like uh, and yeah, I'll, bring I'll, up the I'll hookers get, that they've know, got? I'll do, I'll do like uh, some marine face painting. They're and all the they're all spreading the eye syphilis from the the hookers they met. Well, here. Willie, when you do the marine face painting, make sure you use the brown camouflage. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> back to that. Oh. And just because but, somebody's ex-military doesn't mean that they are a good candidate. I mean, they're the the white supremacist groups are full of ex-military people. I, I'm not saying that's that true. that's necessarily that a true. good thing, but I think people who vote that matters with them. That that sways, you know. So uh, not if we dig up dirt on them. No, we dig up dirt on them, but yeah. That's a lot of people. Or, dig up or dirt okay, on. we don't have to dig up dirt. All we gotta do is make up dirt. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, I mean, it's not. Listen, I don't know if anybody's listening to this podcast, but it's not like what we say. Well, John is, is true. John Small <laughs> is listening. Right now, the the thing is, I I think you guys know I'm pretty overwhelmed with trying to run this dopey small business as it is, and to get involved with all that it takes to run a campaign with no money uh, to end up just like <laughs> losing pathetically and be the only one who votes for myself. Uh, and I, I'm not even in my own district, so I can't vote for myself. <laughs> uh, so it, it just seemed like a waste of time. And so I'm, oh I'm, I'm picking up. <laughs> you, you, wait, you can't get the carpet bagger vote. Well, here's the thing. The Washington, Washington city council candidate who didn't vote for himself. He didn't vote. Lost by one vote. Lost by one vote. Fuck yeah, that's, that's fucking awesome. If you're if you're too dumb to not vote for yourself, yeah. like then you don't. I mean, you definitely don't deserve to win. He if said you're it not going to vote. It's just like people people used to. Like, I have a tendency to like my own posts or laugh at my own posts or stuff like that. And people were like, "That's weird that you do that." It was like if I don't if I don't like it, why should you? He said it would be a, a, it would be narcissistic for him to vote for himself. Well, it did. I mean, it, it would have been a tie. He wouldn't have won. He it would have been a tie if he had. Voted. <laughs> anyway, and at that uh, point, they would have fought to the death in the coin toss. Right. Let's play a commercial, and then we'll come back and we'll meet uh, what Willie already has met and knows, uh, Big John Small. But uh, we'll play a little bit of Creative Live. You know, you can get 70% off right now up until, I believe, Christmas Eve is when this thing uh, ends. 70% off uh, discount for Coffee with the Dog uh, listeners. So check it out. It's time to unleash your creative excellence. Dreams won't work if you don't. They never happen overnight, and they rarely follow a straight line. Excellence is a result of the hustle, consistently pushing to do better, and success looks different for everyone. CreativeLive.com charts paths and tailors content for students, but they also encourage independent thinking and exploration. Go outside of your comfort zone. Who knows? You might actually like it. Right now, you can get up to 70% off through this exclusive offer for Coffee with the Dog. CreativeLive.com has site-wide sale for Coffee with the Dog listeners. Save up to 70% off. Go to MindDogTV.com and click on the link on the homepage now. And this is an opportunity to remind you that black screens matter. Yes, it is. Black <laughs> screens matter. 
Uh, <laughs> Big John Small is a clean comic out of Sioux Falls, uh, South Dakota, not Sioux City, Iowa, which is really just a ripoff of, of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It's just what That's they right. want to be. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretend city. Uh, he's also the host of, what is it, John and Heidi on Sunny Radio? Uh, yeah. Let's welcome him in right now and uh, say hello to Big John Small. Good morning, Big John. Hey, guys. How you doing? Uh, we're doing well. Thank you for uh, well, getting up. I don't know if getting up. You're up, up early anyway. You do a morning yeah. show, right? Yeah, I get up early, but I had to like put on somewhat nice clothes today. And I combed my hair. You can't even tell, but <laughs> you put on some nice clothes. Are you looking to your, uh, to the your left? I guess it is. And at those guys, I mean, you put on some. I'm just saying, I you know, I, I look somewhat decent for me anyway. You usually, look like you're wearing a tuxedo compared to them. Well, I'm just saying. Usually, people can only hear me, so I can literally be in here dressed however I want. But That's, today, yeah. So, know. are you on the yeah, air yeah. right now? I am, but I pre-recorded so I could I could focus solely on this. So, Wonderful. Now, do you yeah. do that every day? Pre-record your show? I do. I, I would never put my wife on live. Yes, if you, <laughs> if you ever meet my wife, you'll know why. Uh, we, we almost got uh, banned in Canada. So, uh, yeah, she. I have my oh, own and, wife. I understand why. And that was something that slipped through the cracks and did go out. And imagine if if I let her, you know, say what she wants to say, we'd be in all kinds of trouble. Now, don't you have a seven second delay or something like that? Or? No, we no. Yeah, we we the uh, the thing that that we had to apologize in Canada. Do, do you remember when the Harvey Weinstein thing first broke? Yeah, like because there was a time like you know seven, eight, nine years ago where like we most people never heard of Harvey Weinstein. Like he was you know doing stuff, but we didn't know he was behind the scenes. So all of a sudden, there's a story that he's doing you know the stuff that he was doing, and. One of the first stories that I remember coming out of the out of that whole thing was uh, there was a story about Meryl Streep and Meryl Streep stepped up and said, hey, I've known Harvey Weinstein for a long time and I've never had that kind of experience with Harvey Weinstein. So I'm reading this on the air and my wife goes, well, of course she didn't. She's Meryl Streep. Who'd want to rape Meryl Streep? <laughs> and somebody, <laughs> somebody called the Canadian government. They didn't call the radio station in Canada because we're on a bunch of stations, but some in Canada. Um, they didn't call the radio station to complain. They called the government. The government reached out to the radio station and said, you need to issue an apology. Wait a minute. Oh. Meryl, Streep <coughs> called, Meryl Streep called the government? Meryl Streep didn't. Somebody who listens to the radio in Canada called and complained. Who to else the has that kind of clout that they can just call the government other than Meryl Streep? I mean, there are people well, in Canada. Well, it's Canada. It's not like a real country. Oh, well, okay. The, the thing that was fascinating, still, though. Oh, anyway, I'm sorry. Why did I have to interrupt just one second? Yeah. Matt, did you forget that like 97% of all of your fans are in Canada? I love Canada. Canada is the best country on the planet, by the way. But, but it's not a real country. Right. Okay. I love uh, Canada, too. Nothing against yeah. them. And we're on a couple stations there. So hi, guys. <laughs> yeah. And But but when uh, the radio station owner reached out and said, hey, oh, man, I got in all kinds of trouble over that. And we have to issue an apology. And my wife said, we can we can record an apology. And he's like, would you do that? And she goes, yeah, I can. we can record a thing that says everyone should want to rape Meryl Streep. And he's like, we'll just do it here. We'll, we'll take care of that here. We're good. We're good. And well, then the same radio station owner, I got, I got a call from him. And uh, this was a phone call. He called me. He goes, oh, you're killing me, John. You're killing me, Smalls. Our last name is Small, by the way. 
And he said, uh, you're killing me. He goes, I can't believe it. Today on the radio, I'm, I'm going to get in so much trouble. I was like, for what? He goes, yeah, the F word on the radio. You can't do that. I'm thinking, what? What? You know, again, not that I never say that, but, you know, I'm a clean comic. We do a pretty clean, family-friendly show, and I'm trying to figure out wh who, when did this happen? Every Tuesday, I have my father-in-law, my, my wife's dad, comes on the show. It's called Tuesdays with Charlie, and it it all started because we talked to him one time like 15 years ago, and it was so funny that we just started doing it every week. And, and how, you know, think about a radio feature. Who would call their father-in-law every week, and how much fun could that be? It is so much fun. But he... <laughs> During his segment, uh, he was talking about, he's the one that said the F word. Now, I bleep him all the time because he does swear all the time, but I always bleep him. So nothing ever gets past the goalie here. <laughs> well, this time it did because you know what the F word is in Canada? Uh, no. <laughs> what? He goes, yeah, he said fart. You can't say that on the radio in Canada. I said, the F word in Canada is fart? Like, we have a whole different F word in the United States. Wow. You know, that, I, I was I was having questions about why your wife got in trouble for asking what, what seems, or, you know, for saying what seems to be a... Oh, no. I have no question. Who would want to rape Meryl Streep? I agree with that question. I think that's a, I think that's a fair question. That's a terrible she got question. Trouble for that. That, but that's I mean, an awful question. <laughs> it's an awful question because it implies that rape is about how attractive you are and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, rape, there's now, nothing good about rape. It's it's all about. It was about clout, and Meryl Streep is very powerful. That's what well, I'm thinking. That's, well, that's what I think, too. I mean, Meryl Streep seems like the woman because Harvey Weinstein didn't you know, throw people down and rape them. He yeah. seduced them with right. power, and by the time right. yeah. he got around to her, she was already uh, well enough Big established enough. that yeah, she would yeah, stand yeah. up to him, and I think yeah, that. that was how I took it. I took it as I like, think that's well, what no, my wife meant as well. Meryl Streep. You don't fuck yeah. with Meryl Street, plain and simple. Yeah, yeah there you yeah. go. You have to have uh, like my there. kind of clout to do that, right? Weinstein, <laughs> please. So, so John, now uh, Sunny Radio is that um, um, simulcast or, or to other yes. stations? No, so our our radio station uh, is an AM station with an FM translator, and you can listen on the internet, sunnyradio.com. But then our our radio show is uh, pushed out to a bunch of other stations as well. So, wow. they have but a great on, military following, also. Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, our our slogan in Sioux Falls is "Faith, Freedom, and the Best Music of the '80s and '90s." So we you know try to kind of fill a little a little void that we had found here, and uh, it's been it's been good. We've enjoyed that. So was, you don't uh, play any of my band stuff then, because that's when my band was in the eighties and nineties. So nice. He said, the best. he said best, not worst. Yeah, let's say he said best, not very best. <laughs> hey, and, and it it really is the best music of the eighties and nineties because I've listened to that station before and I heard uh, the theme song for Greatest American Hero on oh, yeah. Three Three. Uh, yeah. Believe it or not, <laughs> and, yeah. and yet you did yeah, not commit suicide, which is really uh, commendable. No, I, 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 I have a John. I have a question, real quick. That, yeah. that foam, that foamy stuff behind your head. Yeah, that's right. Did here. you put that up because you knew you was going to be talking to Willie and you just <laughs> banging your head like this? You know, I, I have a whole bag of these things. We moved into this studio. I don't know, like two months ago, and uh, th this is how much I put up. And then I was like, eh, we're good. I think we're good. I have, I have a whole bag of them in the other room. I just, yeah, I just you're got, supposed to do the whole room. Uh, they're not very. They're not up very well. Come by and do that. I got time. 
What you got, like a stapler? Is that like a, a, a GM stapler? I Two took one tape? push pin. There's one push pin right there. <laughs> I, for I all of you? Yeah. One yeah each one, for all one. I did not finish this project. I have ADHD, and I get busy with it, and then I stop. This is as far as I got, and then I was I was done with that. So. It, it doesn't it doesn't uh, seem to have affected the the uh, sound out of that microphone. is is yeah. very very high quality and it's very yeah. dry. You're not getting a lot of bounce. Uh, it, no, it's, it's kind of like unnecessary anyway. But exactly, that's why I was like, yeah, I'm probably good. <laughs> I don't think I need much more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was radio <laughs> always in your uh, plan? I mean, was that always what you wanted to do? So when I was first born, I didn't think much of radio because I was an infant. But as I started yeah. to grow, um, <laughs> I I was always a bit of a smart aleck. And I I learned at an early age. I'm, I'm a one of six kids, you know, I'm, and I'm the middle child. I learned at a pretty, er, pretty early age that I could make people laugh and it felt good. So I'm like, oh, hey, you know, when I do that, that's a good reaction. Because usually I would make people mad and I'd get, you know, beat up. That's not a good reaction. So I now, would try was to. Your, you know, was your comedy of choice as a child like slapstick, or did you use like um, puns, or what did you do to make yeah, people laugh? Probably more along the lines of puns, but I would just find a way to take whatever scenario was happening in our messed up life, and I would find a way to make people laugh. And I remember one time my dad didn't laugh. Uh, we were being noisy upstairs, and he, my dad was a bigger guy. He hardly ever came upstairs in our house. And he said, uh, "He goes, you guys be quiet up there." I hear another peep i'm coming up there and i said so quietly there's no way he could have heard it i said peep and my brother and my other brother kind of chuckled a little bit and my dad goes i heard that john i'm like oh no <laughs> wow he could tell which kid was was being the smartest oh, that's good he knew well he knew it was he, me. the giggles the giggles of the other ones like implicated him. yeah so when when i was in high school i used to i like i would i grew up watching johnny carson like, I love Johnny Carson, and I would watch his show at least for the first 10 minutes because then I would catch the monologue. I'd find out, you know, the monologue, and sometimes I'd stay up a little later and I'd watch whoever the guest was, but I would always watch him come out. He would deliver the monologue, stand-up comedy, different comedy every single <clears throat> night. Now, think about how many comics we know as stand-up comics. They tell the same jokes for like a year at a time. So they have a chance to hone that in. They come out and they do a special and they do a tour. And for like a whole year, they're telling the exact same set. Johnny Carson would come out every single night and do a completely different set. Now, I understand he had writers. He wasn't writing all of the stuff. But he would deliver it in such a way that even if the joke didn't get a laugh, he would find a way to make the fact that it didn't get a laugh. He would make that funny. Oh, yeah. So right. he was just so yeah, talented. He, really good at that. he invent well, he didn't invent it, but perfected the craft of telling bad comedy and making it good comedy. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and just, you know, again, finding a way to make the, the mundane things funny. And uh right. so when I was a kid, I I this was my path that I thought I was gonna have. Right. Um, I also really liked Saturday Night Live. So as a kid, I thought I am gonna get on Saturday Night Live and then I'm gonna host the Tonight Show. So wow. Jimmy Fallon is living the life that I thought I wanted. But I'll tell you, 100% God's honest truth, I wouldn't want that life today. Not yeah. even a little bit. You know, I mean, uh, I've, I I've been to New that. York. I've been to L.A. I wouldn't want to live in either of those places. They're wonderful places. There's probably some people watching from there. Hi, guys. Love you. Just can't handle that town, uh, either one of those, because there's, you know, I'm from a small town. 
I'm like a country mouse. I couldn't be in a city. <laughs> no, if I'm being if I'm being honest, I, I uh, I'm kind of jealous of, of the life that you have. I mean, I would love to have a radio show in the middle of the country somewhere. Uh, you know, I love radio, but I can't imagine for somebody who uh, loves it uh, to make people laugh. Uh, and that that's because on radio you don't hear the laughter you don't get no. any feedback none uh, it's got to be uh, we're trying to be funny you know it's funny but there's still that need to hear people laugh and uh, and that's where the beautiful thing with like the program that we do it's my wife and me so it's the two of us so my favorite sound in the whole wide world is the sound of my wife laughing it really truly is yeah, right so and, and when it's a genuine laugh, here's the other thing that's kind of cool about the John and Heidi show. Um, there's a lot of people out there, you know, like Bob and Miffy or whatever, you know, and Miffy's job is literally she gets paid to laugh at Bob no matter what he says. Right. And and I know a lady who used to work with, I'm not going to say the real names, but a lady who used to work with a guy and she didn't stay there very long. And I asked her, it was a, a big station. It had a good following. And I'm like, why didn't you stay? And she said, I couldn't work with him anymore because he would read this stupid story and he would point at me. <laughs> and then he said, when I point at you, you laugh. And then she's like, so I have to do these stupid fake laughs. And she's like, people are going to think I'm a moron. Why would you laugh at that? That wasn't funny. She's like, I just couldn't do it. You know, he'd be reading a story and he would point at me. And literally, it's like, you laugh now. And now, now you laugh now. And now you laugh now. If I tried that with my <laughs> wife, <laughs> it, well, I would say it wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah, if I did that with my wife, I'd say, I'd say you laugh now. I would go, you laugh now, and this is what I draw back. It'd be like, yeah. you laugh now. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. You don't have to laugh. Finger. Yeah, you don't have to laugh anymore. Yeah. Why Pretty not soon just, as this. I don't have any fingers left. That's right. yeah. Why not just tape her laugh and have it on a button? Exactly. And if that's all you want is some mindless, you know, canned laughter, even if it's live, it's still canned if they're pointing at you to make it happen. Absolutely. Right, yeah. Well, well sure. to be fair, now coming back to Johnny Carson, uh, I've sat there enough in that audience. That, oh, the applause that, signs. The applause and the laughter sign. you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much the same thing, but, you know. Well, and, and, and for me, you were saying, you know, to be in a room talking to yourself, um, the the you guys do the same thing where you're at. You know, you're doing the kind of like doing a radio show. I and mean, I know you can see each other on the screens, but the the thing that's nice is having my wife in the studio. And when I'm reading a story and, and I'm making her laugh with my silly joke, then I, I just assume, even though her sense of humor is weird like mine, so I assume that if she's laughing, hopefully other people are laughing. But one of the right. things that I think was really fun feedback, I talked to a lady. She said, I love listening to you and your wife on the radio. And your your relationship is similar to my husband and I. And I was like, oh, you have a bad marriage, too? So <laughs> she said, she said it, was, uh, it, was, it was really cool because, like, you were reading this story that I could tell from the sound of your voice. You thought it was really funny. And then you had this silly comment at the end. And instead of your wife laughing, she went, lame. And she said, I <laughs> laughed so hard when Heidi did that. That was exactly what I would have done to my husband. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my wife does not think anything I do that is funny. I, me trying to be funny is not funny. To her. She laughs at me trying to not be funny, trying to yeah. be like normal. Uh, and yeah, all that kind of stuff. Now, has your wife ever done a stand-up comedy? No, no. She, as a kid, funny thing is, she also wanted to be on Saturday Night Live, and she wanted to do stand-up comedy. And when she was a little kid, she would pretend to have a radio station, 
And I, we've got a cassette tape. She and her brother were recording on a cassette tape. And the fake radio station that they had was K-Z-O-Y. I have no idea why an eight-year-old Heidi would have dreamed up those call letters. So when we were buying our radio station, she said, I wonder if those call letters are available. I'm like, I'm pretty sure they will be. It's the <laughs> dumbest call letters ever. Heard. It means nothing. So our station is K-Z-O-Y. It just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Uh, now, I, 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 I'm, I'm just amazed. I, actually, I'm, I'm kind of sad for your wife that she didn't get to do the Saturday Night Live thing. Oh, and yeah. you either because I think the two of you could have met on Saturday Night Live and gotten married. Yeah. And, and had a good marriage as opposed to the one you have now. <laughs> we actually do have a good I just want to uh, just yeah. it's, it just explain that today is CD's last show on the program so <laughs> yeah. pretty much disregard anything he says I didn't even get no. to ask the other questions that I wrote down that's no, fine uh, we actually are <laughs> approaching 24 years we've been married she, we've Ooh, been together over 24 years now but uh, no, we had both been married before and then both divorced. And something you guys were talking about before I came on, you were talking about the election and somebody who didn't vote for themselves. Right. And um, when when my wife and I got married, I had a bunch of political books just because I was kind of interested in politics. And and she had a son from a previous marriage. And at the time he was two when we met. But when we got married. I moved in. He's three and he's a smart kid. Now he's twenty seven. But he was super smart. He taught himself to read when he was three. I mean, I don't I don't know many people who do that. And it wasn't like little how do you, words. How like, do you teach yourself to read? He just said, I just sounded it out. But he was like reading stuff. And he was looking at these books. These are not kids' books. These are political books. And he said, uh, is this Roosevelt? And I said, it's Roosevelt. And he goes, shouldn't Rose be R-O-S-E? I'm like, yeah, it should be, three-year-old. It yeah. should be, but for whatever reason, we say Roosevelt, not Roosevelt. It probably would have been Roosevelt. Three-year-olds have I better do, logic than the Roosevelt, people who design actually. the English language. Yeah. Super smart kid, but he got very interested in politics. He's been on uh, you know, the, the early show, and he's been on a bunch of other channels. When he was a little kid, he decided he was going to run for president in 2032. So he made the, made the rounds, got to do all kinds of fun stuff. But the thing that was fascinating, when all that happened... His biological father, who's never really been a part of his life, he, he chose to not be a part of the life, his life. He decided he was going to get involved in politics and he ran for mayor of the small town that he lives in in Iowa. And the only reason I know that is because somebody sent us a clip from the newspaper. <laughs> they had the election results. He owned a bar at that time in this town. So he thought, I'm going to run for office. You know, people coming into my bar, they're going to vote for me. And his mother lived there and he lived there and all of his friends lived there. And the election results came out. He got two votes <laughs> in the entire town. Yeah. So that means either he voted for himself and his mother voted for him and none <laughs> of his customers did or a couple of customers did and his mom didn't. I'm just like going, I can't even imagine. I felt so bad for the guy. I don't dislike <laughs> him. I'm like, dude, I've, I'll buy you a beer. That really is sucks. That, is that what you're afraid of, Matt? Getting two votes? Is no. That uh no actually no votes would be because i can't even vote for myself i'm not in yeah. that district uh yeah. so i there, there is a real possibility i would get no now i think jackie would vote for me jackie's in that district <laughs> can you can you run in the district if you don't live there yes george santos the guy who had the seat up until last week was never lived in that district never oh, in his wow. life he lived he lived near me 
That's how does how that work? Where you can run for, so I can run for office in a district I don't live in? For Congress, yeah, and not for senator. Uh, you, you have to live in the state if you run for senator. Uh, you know, you have to live in the state, obviously, if you're going to run for Congress uh, for, for uh, as a representative for New See, York State. But in South Dakota, we have one, so the entire state is the whole same district. That's one. Wow. Yeah. yeah. There's how less than a million people here, bro. I mean, that's. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. Now, we can have everybody over for dinner, like the whole state. <laughs> if I could backtrack just for a second now, K-Zoy. Yeah. <laughs> you own the, the station? It's yeah, a- we started the station in 2010. Yeah. Okay. Now, K, typically marketing departments uh, like to work with whatever, you, like the dog or, or, you know, the zoo or any uh, K-Rock, things like yeah. that. That's a that's a marketing tool. Uh, how do you market yeah. K Zoy? You're like we, we just pretend that it's not even called that. We just call it Sunny. It's Sunny Radio. Kazoy, Kazoy. Yeah. No, should it be Snowy Radio? Snowy Radio, we have as well. That's our Christmas channel. Seriously, SnowyRadio.com. Because I I think in South Dakota, that's all I think about is snow. I I don't know. It just seems like a it seems like it might as well be Canada. Yeah, <laughs> pretty close. Are you still doing stand up? Are you, do you still go out yeah. to clubs yeah. and do stand up? Yeah, yeah. I uh, and and I don't do as much going to comedy clubs. Not that I can't do that, but for me, the thing that I love to do is uh, I, I love doing like nonprofit events. So this last Friday, I did a, a fundraiser for Feeding South Dakota, and I didn't plan that event. A young man named Bryson planned that. He did such a good job. He was 19 years old when he started working on this plan. And he turned 20 before the event happened. But, I mean, he, he put together a really nice fundraiser, Very asked cool. if I would help. And I said, of course, I'll gladly help. And then the next night I was in a town, uh, Aberdeen, South Dakota. And up in Aberdeen, South Dakota, we raised money for the Aberdeen Area Foster Closet. And that was an event that I helped pull together. And it was it was a really fun time. So I love doing that. And I do, you know, I even do like I did some shows at a church last year. And one of the. One of the non uh, nonprofit events that we did, or a fundraiser event at a church last year, we raised twelve thousand dollars for the church. Wow. So, Good you know, you. to me, I, I love doing that. And I and, think it's uh, really important for people in show business, or really whatever business, but to to connect with something that gives back, and not for the outcome that it will. It will help you grow your career and do whatever. I, you know, I've been a volunteer. People know this about me since I was 16 years old and do a lot of volunteer work. But I think it's really important for any anybody to understand uh, the the benefit of giving back and what you get out of it just from a yeah. personal experience. And then yeah. often that will uh, come back uh, to show results in your professional uh, life no it has this program necessarily but it does um so no, it, no i i've i've always enjoyed and and for me that's maybe one of my a downfall for me as well because my wife she's like you know you could make a profit because like when i'll do these events i i figure out all the all the expenses and i get sponsors to cover everything so it's all covered she's like so why not raise a little more and like make something on this event <laughs> i was like yeah i suppose i could but yeah, I, I like to keep those those things separate. I have I have no problems with capitalism or making money. Yeah. I, I like oh, that. Oh, same here. Yeah. But uh, the idea of keeping 
you know, charitable work separate from from profitable work. I don't know. I I just prefer it that way. Um, you know, earlier you were talking about comedians uh, doing the same uh, material over and over again, and I think there's a a really good um, upside to that. Is yeah. that you get to perfect your act? And last oh, night yeah. I was listening to Barry Katz, and he was talking about his first encounter with Bobcat Goldthwait in 1980. Uh, it was Goldthwait's first time at a club in Boston, and Barry was re- reciting his work, and it's like that's the same act I saw him doing seven years later. He's doing the yeah. exact same material, but there is some. And if you're doing it for a different audience, you can do that. You right. know, if you're going from place right. to place to place. Right. I was thinking of this the other night. Think about, because I have a lot of friends that are musicians and I've got a lot of friends that are comics. And I kind of feel bad for my comic friends because they have to constantly churn out new material. If I, if I come around, you know, every year and I do the same exact comedy show for the same people every year, eventually they'd they'd be like, I'm not going to that. I've seen him tell those same jokes 12 times. You know, so they got to have new material all the time. But on the reverse side, if a band comes to town and they don't play the song you want them to play, you're upset. Yeah. You're like, what is this new crap? Play the stuff we know. Play the hits, man. And I'm like, how weird is it that it's, you know, I think think that's a mindset thing because and I've talked about this uh, quite a bit. Rodney Dangerfield, I saw him five times. Yeah. Four times. And every time he did the same same material, and people yeah. and people knew his hits, and they were like, but um, yeah. Al Baker, who was a sleight of hand ma- magician that I learned from when I was a kid, he defined the difference between amateur and professional for me, and it sticks in my mind, and it, I'll, I'll take this to the grave. Not that it it holds true for everybody, but he said an amateur is somebody who needs to go to the magic shop and get new new tricks to do for uh, new audiences all the time. And a professional is somebody who does the same material for different audiences all the yeah. time. And, and- I, I agree with that because so I think that that's actually not as true as people make it. I think that what needs to happen in order for you to be able to do write better jokes like and and perfect that joke because like i think about like john mulaney uh i can't tell you how many times i've listened to um new kid in town i've right. i've listened to that album that comedy album at least 20 times and i laugh every time you yeah. know what i mean and like and so it's like for the same reason uh, what do you what do you mean for the, the same, same, yeah, same because yeah what I'm saying yeah, is like, because I I enjoy the jokes. Like I want to hear those again. You know, right. um, when when the material is strong, like and and think about like the blue collar tour. You know what I mean? Like like those guys, uh, and 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 Ron White. There's at least I because I used to anytime I saw a Ron White DVD, I grabbed it, and mm. there there was overlap in almost every one of those, at least for a couple of bits. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Because your bread and butter is your bread and butter. Yeah. You know, and funny's funny. You know, the uh, the danger here with with all of that now, because as a musician, I can tell you, I am one of these guys who have, we play the oh, same songs in the same order sometimes every every show, and it get it gets to be you have to push yourself 
to deliver it with the, the same energy because you find it boring. You've done it so many times that it becomes, you know, rote. And and then you have to really dig down deep and say, I got to I got to make this feel like this is new to me because, you know, it's new to the audience. But it, it's a it's a difficult thing. So, that, you know, I compare music to comedy too much and overanalyze things. But I think there I think sometimes in, in the mind of comedians, they they get to the point where they think they have to continually write stuff. And there's nothing wrong with uh, that, but there is also a big benefit of something that really works. You know, this bit kills stick with that bit until, until it doesn't kill anymore. (laughs) You know, one of the differences I find with music and comedy is that, and then like you, I've done both. I have been unsuccessful as a musician and I've been unsuccessful as a comedian. So I've done both. <laughs> um, is that with music, like for example, I love the song, the song Young Lust, but there's a moment in my life where Young Lust meant something because of some young lady I was young lusting with. And yeah, so yeah. I don't hear that. It's not like it's not like I was like making out with to the sound like to a um Bill Cosby album. You know, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, but I might be, but I could be making out to a Barry White album. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But so to me, it's like a different thing as, as where you can enjoy music as to put where you can enjoy comedy and the kind of memories they bring back. So there may be a moment where you're like, I can hear this song over and over again, and it takes me back to a place. But as far as comedy goes, it's generally you hear it, you laugh, yeah. and that's it. It's, it's just in a, in a, it's like an explosion. Comedy is like an explosion, and music is like a memory, at least the way I process it. Hmm. Absolutely. When you were talking about young love, uh, that, that made me think the other day I was, I was listening to our radio station driving down the road and the song sexy and 17 came on. And I was thinking, first of all, when was that ever? Okay. (laughs) Because apparently it was in the eighties under 18, but did they still sing that song in concert? Now that they're in their fifties, <laughs> now who was that? That's Shake uh, Hats, right? Sexy, sexy, and 17. I think it was. Uh, I was thinking it was Skid Row, but I, I don't know. I don't remember. Who yeah, it was. they did it when, when, um, when K Bad had that uh, venue where they were doing a bunch of rock shows and whatever. Yeah. I'm because pre- I, I watched that in prison because the, um, there was a <laughs> local channel that played a lot of their concerts and stuff. And yeah. so, um, and they totally played that song. And I remember thinking, "That's fucking weird." doesn't? Do you think Ringo Starr wouldn't still be playing C sixteen? She's beautiful and she's mine. Or, I don't know. And, and, and was that Sweet Caroline, which was written about a, a, a young 13, 14 year old girl? Yeah, that's, that's still right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just think Stray Cat, Stray Cat, Stray Cat. There we go. I don't know. Yeah. So I don't uh, know which well, song Cats uh, has to, does one. Straight Cats has to because they only have like three hits, right? <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. I'm just. They may have four. Three or four, yeah, three or four. I just, I just failed music trivia about music I play on my own radio station. Well, <laughs> I'm. I think there was. Uh, there's a similar title because there's there's um, uh, Kip Kip Winger had a song about that. I, she's only seventeen. And yeah, there's yes, a whole so much of them, you know. Yeah. Seventeen seemed to be the magic age. Listen, when I was uh, eighteen or nineteen, seventeen was yeah. the. It was like 
the time when a banana goes from green to yellow. It was ripe. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's different when you're 19, but you know, that's what I was saying. Now that they're in their 50s, I wonder if right. they were still saying right. that. That's what yeah, she's it's, only it's 47. Beyond <laughs> 47. <laughs> so I see you guys have Greg Warren coming up. I've yeah. had him on our program twice. He's a great Weird. dude. Yeah, he like you works clean, which I baffled the hell out of me. Uh, so I, I I did an interview with him in 2020, and he had an album coming out, and it was right as his album was coming out that the pandemic happened, and he's like, I had a whole tour that just got canceled. Right, so right. I told him, I said, here's my idea: get a flatbed truck, and go out and do shows on a flatbed truck with like a little FM transmitter, and I said, just drive around in the Midwest. There's nothing else to do. People would come. I said, do a free show, but get it sponsored by like Pioneer Seeds or somebody that I said, go and do free shows and have it where you get paid to do it. And then, you know, people come and shine their headlights and watch you standing on a flatbed truck. Yeah. He did not do it. I asked him in the at my the, the next interview I did when he did the thing with Nate Bargatze, the, the salesman. Yeah. Um, he's I like, had yeah, the same idea. a couple of shows like that in so, the parking lot. That's yeah. what Nate Media is, right? Uh, Bargatze's yeah. Nate Bargatze. Yeah, we've had him on our program too. He's a good dude. Very I'm good dude. I'm jealous. I, I would love to talk to Nate. Uh, so, of course, he's the biggest star in the world right now. I waited too long to even try to get him because right the, now. The thing that's kind of fun, um, see, a lot of the stuff that we've had a chance to do, it's because I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do it. So I just did it. Yeah. So yeah. in like 2017, my wife and I were at an event called eighties in the sand. Now it's just called the sands. And, uh, we, I did interviews with three movie stars from the eighties. So, uh, Diane Franklin, Amanda Wiss and Curtis, uh, Armstrong, Curtis played uh, booger on revenge of the nerds. And Oh my God. Anyways, <laughs> so I record yeah. these interviews and on the way home, I, I remember we're sitting in the airplane. I remember she had like earphones in and I nudge her and she pulls out one of her little earbuds. I said, I've got an idea. She's like, what, what do you, what's your idea? I said, I've got these interviews. I'm going to start a new feature called Movie Star Monday. She's like, yep. okay, what's that? I'm like, I'm going to talk to a different movie star every single Monday. She said, you have three interviews. I'm like, yeah, the first three weeks are done. <laughs> and she goes, so when do you think you're going to talk to others? I'm like, I'm going to line it up. And she put her earbuds back in and just completely ignored me the rest of the flight. It's like, there's no way it. that's going to happen. Here's and the thing it totally has, happened. though. It has. Every single Monday, I've got different people from movies. Now, there are times that movie star might be a bit of a stretch, yeah. but I've had Jamie Lee Curtis. I've had Ed Asner. I've had some amazing guests, and I've got some that I've kind of built a relationship with, and then I Tracy say, hey, any... What's that? Tracy Lords. Tracy Lords. No, no. He <laughs> works clean. Yeah, but she doesn't have to. <laughs> uh, have you, have you uh, had Shane Tweed on the show yet? I think, I was, I think I we think got Asner coming up to, to take GD's place, uh, even though he's already dead. So here, um, here's the thing that's funny. I don't even know who that is, but I got a feeling I know who that is. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't want to go into explaining it today. No, but <laughs> but it, it was really cool because I I just say hey we're gonna do this every Monday and then I start. So I guess my advice to anybody out there is you know, like dream big and do it. And if somebody tells you you can't do it, just don't let them get in your way of you going out and doing it. Absolutely. But right. how much work is that on you to actually try to 
because uh, I know from from me how how much how difficult it is to get uh, big stars on the program. Now Diane Franklin actually uh, she's in a movie with my guest tomorrow night. Uh, he produced the the movie. It's an independent film, but in the day in the eighties she was like the it yeah. girl or something. She was, yeah, yeah. You know, she was it, she was Monique from uh, the the movie Better Off Dead. Right. She was the French foreign exchange student. She was in uh, an Amityville movie. She was in, you know, a bunch of stuff. She's one of the the uh, princesses in uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. Right. So she was in a ton of stuff. And she's a sweetheart. She's just like the kindest, nicest lady ever. I know that. Uh, but how much work is it on you to actually, I mean, so, how much time are you devoting to trying to book these Monday guests now? In the beginning, <laughs> it was a lot of work. Yeah, and I'll but... tell you, I'll give you my little secret that didn't really it didn't yield much of a result or much of a result, but here's one of the things that I did. I went on to IMDB and you can do like a, a premiere membership or something like that. Right. And then it yeah. gives you all the information, like they're PR people. And a lot of that was a waste of my time because most of the people didn't even respond, but that's how I got Ed Asner, the guy. And here I thought this was really cool. The guy that was um, in charge of doing the, PR for Ed Asner, he responded to me and he was an older guy. So he called me instead of emailing back and he said, what is it you're trying to do? And I said, well, I'm doing this new feature, Movie Star Monday, and I'd love to visit with Mr. Asner. And he goes, okay. He goes, here's what I'm going to do. I've got some other guests that I want you to talk to first. And if you talk to them, I'll give you Ed. Right. So I was like, what a great agent. Here's all these people that you know, are trying to get exposure. They're new. And what he didn't yeah. realize is I'm like, dude, instead of one, I just got seven weeks worth right. of stuff. No, I like, get yeah, it. That's that was, awesome. Yeah. Thank that's you. Awesome. And, and some of those people turned into people that we all know now as well. We didn't know them then because they were brand new, but they were right. kind of the people to watch in Hollywood. Right. Right. So, yeah. very, very cool. So now, back you, then it was hard to get, but now honestly, I've got like seven uh, movie star Mondays that I'm still, I still haven't aired because I'm, I record them ahead of time. And uh, so that that is I've been very, very, very blessed. And this time of year, everybody is in a Christmas movie yeah. and they all do interviews about the Christmas movies. Right, so yeah, like between right. now and Christmas, it's going to all be people from a Christmas movie. Uh, who's the biggest oh, right. uh, movie star you've ever talked to on Movie Star Monday? And, and again, the funny you don't want to you don't want to denigrate all the others. No, no, but... no. And, and <laughs> what, what, it depends on how who you are, you know, like. I think Jamie Lee right. Curtis probably is the biggest, but I had Pauly Shore, and I'm telling you what, I thought Pauly Shore when I was a kid, he was like one of my favorite people. Yeah, I love Pauly and, Shore, yeah. and and uh, so there's again, I don't know how you would really define the biggest. Well, if, if you got Clint Eastwood, you would know that that's yeah. the biggest one. Oh, yeah. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Costner, you would yeah. know that's the biggest star I've ever had. I mean, yeah. Robert well, and my my wife and and uh, our former coworker, he passed away this last year, but those two like to give me a lot of crap about this because like I've had uh, Lou Ferrigno Jr. Because <laughs> oh, okay. the Lou Ferrigno might be the biggest star you've ever had. Yeah, but it was his son who's also big and he's in a bunch of movies, but Lou Ferrigno Jr., and then I've had David Hasselhoff's daughters, both of them, at different times. Wow. Uh, I, I, when I say that, I want to make sure I had them on the program. I want to make sure. <laughs> that sounded really bad. Yeah, that's definitely that where my clipped, mind went. Michelle Pfeiffer's sister I've had on the show. Uh, uh, was, she was sister. an actress herself, right, Michelle? Yeah, yeah, Dee Dee. Yeah. And again, they're all, they're all they're all famous. They're all in you know a Frank Stallone I've had on the program. 
again, a lot of people oh. that are in programs that uh, they're huge, but then they just happen to have a sibling or a parent or somebody that's huger, you know, so they're kind of standing so in their Frank shadows. Stallone related to? What's that? Who's Frank Stallone related to? He's uh -huh. <laughs> Rambo. Uh, <laughs> oh, Rambo oh, Stallone. Okay, got it. Rambo Stallone. Stallone. My, my wife, my ex-wife, my first wife, was uh, she worked for the Stallone family. They had a... a uh, sandwich shop Stallone's and she oh, knew nice. Frank, Frank very well. <laughs> didn't know uh, Sylvester but uh, knew Frank and the, and the mother the mother was kind of she was had her own talk show for uh, during nice. the 80s or something uh, yeah so cool very cool very cool for you no I've, uh, I've had a lot of fun and I've had a chance to talk to like a, a bunch of of my favorite comedians and again I feel very very blessed like I said didn't get to do the tonight show didn't get to do SNL um, even though I did submit a tape to Saturday Night Live and they sent it back to me because I needed an agent and I didn't have one. So then my son found that tape and he made fun of it big time. So <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> he's got it somewhere. I'm like, I need to get that back. He's like, no, no, I'm keeping this forever. So now, now you are uh, Gen uh, I hate to put the box on you, but uh, Gen X. I think so. I don't know. Yeah, I'd yeah, probably. So could the music from the 80s and 90s is your music? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah uh kiss had played their final cut were you were you a kiss fan i've i've met them numerous times seen them numerous times and i i wouldn't i yeah i guess i would say i'm a fan yeah okay because they had their last show the other night and there was some big rumblings about it that they didn't make anything special it was just like a they just went out and played a concert okay and here's it was the their thing. last show is at it Madison their last Day show Fun. for real think yeah, about I how many it. people do their farewell yeah. tour, and then like ten years and later, they do another man. farewell tour. That's well, that was the that. question I, I have. Is it really their last concert ever? But I think they are old enough that it could be. I but, mean, they, it should but they be. did. But they did something. <laughs> I thought they did something with AI as a part of it, yeah. so they can the, perform in per perpetuity or something. Yeah, but is know. that? I don't know if that's a thing. Is that a thing yet? Maybe that's a thing. Well, that's just it. It's not a thing to us. But there's like know, a, 10 years from now, there's a hologram concert of Michael some Jackson. Kid. The same yeah. kids that are out there doing stupid shit now are going to be even dumber shit next later. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Rolling Stones are still uh, out there and, and touring. Uh, so, you know, you never know. You never can say it's you're too old. As long as Keith Richards is still alive and playing, there's nobody who's, uh, you can't say too old to be out rock and roll. But I do think it probably really is Kiss's last real show. It could be. Show. And, and they uh, they do a lot of good stuff. You know, they give back in a lot of big ways. And there's like foundations they're a part of. So, like I said, I've, I've talked to them numerous times, been a part of several things they've done. And they're good. They're good guys. Right. And they uh, they put on a heck of a show. I mean, so, they really so do. You, you own the station. You Do you program all the, mu all the music? We do. Yeah, my wife and I do. Is it automated or do you have DJs coming in? And it's it's both. It's automated with DJs. So okay. uh, we have, in addition to our show being syndicated on a couple hundred stations, we have uh, three other shows that we also syndicate. You know, so and in the beginning when we started doing that, every one of these shows was based in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where we live. And then over the course of time, as people have moved on, when we replace them, we replace them with somebody that was super talented, but not necessarily here. So we've got one person in Michigan. We've got one person in New York. We've got one person just outside of Chicago. So, you know, they're very talented people from other places. Interesting. Now, because the 80s and 90s, 
there's so much diverse music from there. You had you, you could have Culture Club, you could have Rush, and those are not not even in the same universe musically. Oh, yeah. uh, right. They are here. It, it, they are. So you're, yeah. you're basically playing anything from the 80s oh. and 90s? This truly happened one night. I was driving along, and even though I just got done saying a little bit ago how, how awful I was, I said the wrong band for the name of the song. Right. Um, I, I was driving along listening to Motley Crue on our station, and then there was a little piece of imaging for Sunny Radio, and it went into Tiffany. And I remember wow. thinking, in what universe, other than this one, yeah. do those two yeah. play back-to-back? Yeah. Back? I love that. And yeah. then Tiffany was followed by ACDC. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, this yeah. is just the craziest thing, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, on Mind Dog Radio, we have Frank Sinatra into Frank Zappa. So uh, I love that. <laughs> I really do. I think that's awesome. I heard that one night, and I, I was I was sitting in the hot tub, and I had Mind Dog Radio on. And I, I heard Frank Sinatra, and the very next song was Frank Zappa. It's like uh, that because it's all automated. Nobody's yeah. nobody's thinking about that. But that, what an unusual segue. Uh, anyway. Yeah. But like uh, I do that kind of that's one of the things when I do my Star Maker lives, that's one of the things I'm most proud of is the variety of music. And I like to make hard turns. I like yeah. to make super hard turns in it, you know, like uh I'll go from singing like Jewel to like singing oh, look what's God. On you know, like <laughs> did, did I, you guys I'm, know for real, I totally I've done that. I guarantee I've done that. How do um, I, if I point there, is that, am I pointing to Will right now? Yeah, yeah yes, you, you are. are. Yeah. I didn't know if I was the same on all of them. So did you know this guy just won a karaoke contest the other night? I know. Congratulations on that, by the way. I, I oh, forgot to say that before. John's the one that told me about it, by the way. John's the reason I was there. Did you get cash for that win? Because I know the one on the 29th, yeah, you I get $1,000. Uh, $65 I won that night because uh, I won the entrance fees. There was, there was 13 performers and so i won uh, the five dollar entrance fee that everybody paid uh for that night and then so on the 29th i'll have a chance the first prize is a thousand dollars second prize is five hundred dollars and third prize is 250 dollars. there is another chance to get into the finals on the 15th by the way in case anybody listening is in the brandon area be, and see, wants to try it. that's a mistake doing, you don't want anybody else getting I'm, into the i'm getting in i'm competing oh with no you, no, no i I'm that, coming that's awesome. now. I'm, oh, I'm do you glad, sing, John? You are, John. Do you What's sing? That? Do you I do. Sing? Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm not really yeah. going to compete with him. I don't want to do that. All right. But no, uh, I, my I second think... wife on on my my <laughs> wife number two was saying that she might try and get in, it, and I was like, please do. Please How many do. wives I would do you love have? To crush you in this competition. <laughs> like... How many wives do you have? That was your second are wife. You, are you counting prison wives? No, no, I didn't. I didn't have any of those, GD. No. I'm on marriage number three is currently okay. happening right now. I did not realize that. That's cool. I'm I'm on marriage number two. Wow. So, yeah. It happened. The first one was like a starter. Like you just test it out. And I'm like, nah, I'm going to return. I'm going to trade this in for a better one. Right. So, I right. get it. My, my first how, marriage, how did you I married. Meet, how, did you, okay. how did you meet Willie? Oh, I think uh, we were in prison together. So no, we didn't. <laughs> I'm sure that's what most people would have assumed. No, uh, I met him uh, doing stand-up comedy, and I remember when he d did. He talk about why he was in prison. Did he ever talk about that on the show? Uh, never. Yeah. He's never. Oh, mentioned yeah, it. they're well aware. So <laughs> I just remember 
Because there, and you have to tell me, Will, if I get this right. But I remember you talking about that, and I think you said uh, something like, "I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for the mylar balloons flopping out the window." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is part of the bit for sure. And I remember <laughs> laughing about that so hard. Like I was still laughing about that when the next comic was going up. I'm like, I'm still laughing about that today. I thought that was like, <laughs> there's some there's some jokes, and I'm I'm hoping that didn't really happen, did it? Did you really have no, the mylar? No, balloons? Did, not not okay, the balloon so. thing or anything. No. But that's part of what I'm talking about before. Like that that flower, the flower shop routine, like that stuff. That if I don't, if I do a big show like like my long set, and I don't do that, people are gonna be mad at me. People yeah. are gonna be mad at me that I didn't do the flower shop stuff. I've I've had people bitch at me for not doing slow death as my. Well, you're very you easy to I mean? be mad at. <laughs> I, I am. I am easy to be mad. But now, and but, also, you know, well, to be fair, most of them are mad at you because when you do slow death, you keep coming back, and you yeah, just don't I stay yeah, dead. I don't really die. I don't actually right. die. Yeah, well, they're like, oh, you actually come on, die one of these times. Yeah, it's yeah. like being funnier than Tom Segura. They'd be like, oh, come on, he Who? didn't die. <laughs> Tom, oh, Tom. did you see? He's got a new fucking show where he's doing the news. Did you see that fucking yeah. bullshit? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he, he's found a way to capitalize on this, the internet. I mean, hats off to him, man. That's well, yeah. I don't think he had to. And this is the, no. the pro biggest problem I have with, with him at, at punching down on pores, pores, as he calls them. Anybody, he's a trust fund baby. He was oh. rich from the day he was born. So he, he comes off like a self-made man, but he's not um. a self-made man. He He's always had this... And they, and Bert Kreischer goes on about how, yeah, you people don't know Tom was wasn't always rich. His father basically was only sending him ten thousand dollars a month instead of a hundred thousand dollars a month. <laughs> That's what he means by poor. So um, we've had Birdie Boy on the program too. He's another one. I just love that guy. Yeah. Uh, now, the the window you're in does not yeah. uh, show how big you are. How big is Big John Small? I'm a big. I'm a big guy. Three. How, as of this morning, 342 pounds. Wow. How tall? Uh, I don't know. Just under six foot. Oh, under six foot. Just wow. under six foot. Yeah, I like would imagine you like six nine or something. No, I'd love to be. That'd be great. Because then I probably would be like, you know, somewhat normal proportions. You know, my wife you... and I are, we're starting a diet and we're going to do it for real this time because we've done diets. When we, This is one of my favorite things. We started the radio station. The newspaper did a like a photo of us and they put it on the front page in the small town Brandon that we were in at the time. And local couple starts radio station. There's a picture of me, fat guy, and my wife on the front cover of the newspaper. And I get a call from a diet center and they said, Hey, I'd like to I'd like to chat with you about advertising. And I go, oh, okay, cool. I'll come in and see you. And I get in there and she goes, What I would like to do is if you and your wife are interested in doing our program, we'll do it in exchange for advertising. And I'm thinking, what? Should I be offended by that? Like, yeah. hey, fatty fats, why don't you come in, waddle your ass in here and chat with me? Anyway, I was like, I'll gladly do that. So, yeah. so when I at, at the time, 2010, when we started that diet, I was 295 pounds. And we did the diet, and I lost, I got down to 230 pounds. And I, I lost so wow. much weight so quickly, I literally had people. Didn't even know it was still me. I went in to see somebody like when we first started the station. And then I went back like six months later to see them because they told me to come back in the fall. And I come in, I'm chatting with them. They go, yeah, I talked to the owner this spring. And I'm like, no, that was me. No, it must have been the other owner. I'm like, no, that, that was me. I talked to you. 
that, I was a bigger yeah. guy. Like that was me. I, I lost 65 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then we went back to what we were doing and we gained it back. And then we did that diet again and lost weight and gained and lost and gained. And now we're, we're going to do like for real, going to do our thing. Then I that, gotta get rid of half of my jokes though, because most of my yeah, jokes are that's about a, me being I was just gonna bring that up. Barry Katz was talking about <laughs> Louis Anderson last night and how Louis could not afford to to eat become healthy. Yeah. Uh because he always started his show with fat jokes yeah. uh, about himself to kind of because listen, if you come in like he was, he was very, very he big. He was big, yeah. Yeah, the audience, it's like uh, the elephant in the room. <laughs> So we, we tried to, uh, I, I did an interview with, with him. His sister lives like 45 minutes from Sioux Falls. So I did an interview with him in uh, 2020, maybe uh, he was doing a, a special from his living room. And I was booking a show for uh snow jam comedy festival. The last one is coming up this, this coming year, but we were looking for our headliner. And I said, Hey, I'm talking to Louie Anderson. I'd love to have him. So they said, yeah, talk to him. So I asked him if he would like to come out. He goes, you know, I would love to do that. But he goes, this COVID thing. He's like, everything that COVID hates, I've got. I'm like diabetic. I'm overweight. I'm getting old. Like all these problems. He's like, I'm just, I'm not doing anything outside of this house right now. And the thing that was right. really weird, he died during Snow Jam Comedy Festival. Right. So we had Dennis wow. Regan as our headliner instead. He was, I was having lunch with Dennis Regan. And there was a bunch of other comics. We're literally having lunch when I got a message that Louis Anderson passed away. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man. that." So I remember. If there's a moral to that story, it's so Don't talk to, to John world. Small before you. No, the moral is he should have come and hung out with us. He would right. have been safer here. If you're going to die anyway, you yeah. might as well go out having yeah. fun and doing what you're in. You know, sometimes How much could... would it have sucked if he would have been in Sioux Falls when he died? Then I would have felt like I killed Louis Anderson. I mean, that's yeah, not true. You probably, you yeah. probably would feel a great sense of guilt. Like, oh man, he said he was scared, and I pushed him to come, and now I he's talked dead. him into it. Come on, Louis, how that's, bad can yeah. it be? That's Don't a valid concern. No, I'm not saying you should have talked him into it, but <laughs> but for him, for me, I'd rather I'd rather die doing what I love than to be overly careful and die anyway. Yeah. In your yeah. house. You know alone. what? That's actually that's actually why I always dream of going out while uh, some girl is sitting on my face. I'd rather die doing <laughs> what I love. But... So, John, I have a question for you. You did a a, a small business benefit. I mean, small business small business summit. Yeah. Okay. When you spoke there, now are these businesses that you own, small businesses, or are these no. small businesses as in limited funds and stuff? No, there there was a I was the MC for the event, the uh, small business administration put on the event and then they had people coming in to speak about, you know, how to make your small business more successful. They didn't have me speak about that. They just had me introduce those people. So Oh, okay. I thought these were like John's, I thought these are John Small's businesses. No, no, no. This their their own their own small business. Oh, like, okay. hey, you're not you're not qualified to talk about how to be successful, but you could introduce the people who are qualified to talk about that. Right. Uh, now, johnsmall.com, bigjohnsmall.com, right? That's Yep, bigjohnsmall.com. Well, we appreciate you getting up. Well, not yeah. getting up because you were up already, but uh, coming on the program. I know it's early there in South Dakota, and uh, I appreciate you being yeah. here. It's been great to get to know you. Uh, I will uh, check out the John and Heidi show online because yeah. obviously I'm not going to pick it up. Oh, it's a lot of fun. They're fun yeah. to listen to. They You'll really have to are. say hello to Greg Warren for me as well. He's a good dude. 
I definitely will. Thank Get him you on the for, show twice. Thank you for coming on, and I appreciate. He probably it, won't remember any of that. He <laughs> he probably just heard you say that because he just popped in the back yeah, he, back he window now. In. Yeah, he's in the back. Hey, anyway. Ray, welcome to the show. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you for coming, and I'll yeah. do come back sometime. I appreciate it, man. We'll do that. Thank you. Bye for now. See you, John. Uh, Big John Small, folks. BigJohnSmall.com, uh, and it's on K Zoy. <laughs> Sunny Radio. Uh, we'll play a brief commercial, and we'll be back to meet uh, the aforementioned uh greg warren the salesman is out now and we'll talk about that when, when we come back uh right now we're going to talk about uh naked wines and not the long not, boring not ridiculous the commercial wines. no is, not has that been retired <laughs> we played it yesterday and basically everybody, oh. wa everybody wanted to come and kill you uh so you we guys, won't play that again me. No, we just had to pee. No, I had to get a cup of coffee and I needed a <laughs> long spot. That's the longest commercial break we have. So I was like, I had right. to pee. He needed coffee. He's like, go. And then you I got, got back and I was like, man, I can't believe anybody thinks this is funny. Uh, it's just. Are it's, you kidding me? Come it's so on. Tedious it's hilarious. Well, yeah, I, you are saying your bit is hilarious. It's not exactly. Uh, like Rex I've, Reed I've giving you a five. To a number of people. Up. They like it. They anyway, Naked Wines. Uh, it, we need some people to get out there and subscribe to wine. It's it's wine season, isn't it? It's time to to get wind up for the holidays. Get all wind up. That's right. That's what they say. Uh, naked wine. Welcome to a better way to buy wine. NakedWines.com is a customer-funded wine business. We don't just sell wines, we make them happen. Since launching in the UK in 2008, Angels have helped us invest in over 159 independent winemakers in 14 different countries. Turns out, it's better business for everyone. Our winemakers get to sell all of their wines and make a living. We make the same margins as everyone else and have a lot of fun along the way. And as a wine drinker, for the $40 a month you probably would have spent on wine anyway, you'll get wholesale prices. You can be sure that all of our wines have been lovingly made by a talented winemaker and stripped of all the costs that add nothing to the flavor or quality of the juice in the bottle. Support independent winemakers. Get better wine in return. With the support of 300,000 wine drinkers, I we find talented, independent winemakers up front. This way, they get to spend all of their attention on making you the best wine possible. World-class wine, direct from talented, independent winemakers. A better deal, up to 60% off market prices. A better I way can't. to discover tasty new favorites with over 2 million reviews from wine drinkers like you. Become an angel today. Get started by visiting MindDogTV.com and click the banner on the homepage now. Yes. Pick, click the banner on the homepage now. You know what? I used the, the uh, maximum de-esser on that, uh, but it still comes through with a lot of sibling, uh on do you that want, commercial. Do you want me to re-record it? I can re-record it, you know. 
I think exactly. I think it I think it needs to be redone. Uh, and, and not your fault. I rushed you on it, but uh, no, 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 think, it is my fault. I don't think I had my teeth in when I recorded. No, I blame John. <laughs> I, no, I blame John Small because John Small does voiceover work, and then so Willie thought he could do it too. That's true. Uh, I'd like to remind people that this is TD's uh, last day on the program. We wish him well. Uh, we hope we hope he does well in his future endeavors, whatever they are. It certainly won't be music or comedy, though, so don't worry about that. Um, no, I, I, have other, I have other talents I can fail at. I don't just have to fail at Well, if you knew anything about music or comedy, you wouldn't be here oh right now. I, no, I can also <laughs> fail at making furniture because I'm a very good furniture All right. maker. Quiet down. We're we're about to oh, introduce so our next guest, who's a uh, big shot, uh, big shot comedian, uh, funny guy, but has some Saint Louis. Uh, if Willie, if Willie could say Saint Louis for us, uh, Saint Saint Louis, Missouri, he's a, a uh, he's got a, uh, a special out now called The Salesman. It's a very funny uh, special. I uh, implore everybody to go check it out. Welcome, Greg Warren. To coffee with the dog greg welcome hey guys how you doing we're doing well uh big john small says to say hello to you he's uh i don't know if you remember him but he's had you on his program from uh sioux falls South Dakota. <laughs> wow that's uh that's going back a ways yeah. yeah yeah let me tell you something that that surprises me about you because i look at you and i think this guy's got it he's a guy who who got it all together now like, i don't like like you he's he's coordinated he's uh he's uh athletic and then uh all, most of your comedy is about uh beating on yourself and, and finding out that you are just as uh screwed up as i am which is it's surprising uh it's just it does your look doesn't go with uh with the self-denigration type of view <laughs> necessarily i what well, I- I think I should say thank you. I mean, that's uh, yeah. yeah. You look like a guy who got it all together. You don't I look don't, like a man. guy who uh, your comedy is all about. How you don't have it all together? No, no, it's I'm a mess, man. Yeah. It's surprising. Uh, now you you got you start doing football commentary. Is that correct? No, uh, no. Uh, wrestling commentary. Oh no, uh, for I mean, I wrestled uh, in college, um, and I did. I think I. Like I was like the color guy on a, on the one time they they broadcast a college wrestling match in Missouri, um, once. Yeah, but uh, it's funny because I think I, I think that's like on a bio somewhere, and everybody goes to that. So you're a sports commentator. I'm like, I mean, once. Yeah, once. I thought so. I heard Diane Gallagher on the mixtape mashup or whatever her podcast is that describe you as uh, getting your start in as a color person for sports uh, on well, the, the radio. The, well, I love Diane, but she's a liar if she says that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, the salesman now, uh, basically you were 54 when you made that. Are you still 54? 55. All right. So you made it because I – I had this thing my whole life, like uh, 54 was my curse. I was not going to make it past 54. So when I turned 55, it was like a new lease on life. It was like um, uh, I did not expect it to make it past 54. Uh, Is that do you feel like um, do you feel like you're 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 in the prime of your life and, and enjoying what you do? I mean, yeah, I mean, my professional life, definitely. I feel like uh, um I figured some things out in the last five years that I didn't know I would figure out. I mean, I'm a, I'm a lot better at it. I think I enjoy it more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
I wish I would have figured it out when I was, you know, in my mid thirties or something. And, uh, yeah, you can't, um, work, you can't plan that stuff out, but here's the, 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 the big, uh, $60,000 question or whatever the hell I'm, I'm trying to say. Um, because I would talk about levels of comedy and I'm just wondering if the, the, the place of gratitude that, because there are, I probably say, no exaggeration, 2 million comedians right now who would kill to be at the level of comedy that you are. Do you ever stop and reflect on that? Like, you know, you've reached a, and, and it's probably uh, hard to come to that place where you feel satisfied. And I'm not saying satisfied, but a place of gratitude for so many people would love to occupy the level of comedy that you've reached uh, and, and how difficult that is. Well, I don't know about gratitude. I mean, I have a list of all two million of those guys, and I send them emails. <laughs> it only takes one. It only takes one to kill you. Yeah, I, I send them all emails saying I'm better than you, and I I hope that you know that. And there's now there's a, there's an official record. There's a guy saying it uh, on a program that I'm better than all you guys. <laughs> and I don't know where you got your account, but I I had two point five million actually of these. Uh, well, yeah, I, I was just guessing, actually. Amateur. Well, I, 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 actually, I am rated the 1,186,788th funniest person on the planet. Don't pay any attention to oh, that you guy. Oh, you're that guy? Really That's me. That's me. Man, I've been waiting to meet you. It's, uh, but, it's a pleasure yeah. to meet you, too. Yeah, pleasure to meet you. I've heard a lot about you. I mean, yeah. Yeah, uh, but we were talking this morning about the difference between like amateurs and professionals in comedy. Uh, and now you are at the place where uh, because you are, are doing specials, you kind of have to continually uh, continually be writing and coming up with new material. Right. Or do you feel that? Pressure? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know what? It's funny because I think I in some ways uh dreaded that process early on you just like you know you're like oh i gotta get this material done so i can get out and do it and now i'm i mean it's the only thing that keeps me interested right and most of my friends that are you know my age or or good comics that's that's what keeps you going is it's like okay uh it's slightly torturous but it's like uh now i got i i gotta start over and i gotta build a new hour and uh, I have a little more patience, maybe than I should, because I've heard Seinfeld say like he he obsesses about it every hour of the day. I don't. Um, but now I'm like I used to th I think when I was in my 30s, I was like, yeah, let's figure this bit out right now. And whatever it is, that's what's going on stage. I'm like, OK, let's play around with this idea. And more than likely, it's going to take three, six, nine, 12 months to turn into something worthwhile. So just right. put in the time. Just enjoy it. And, uh, you know, trust, trust that you have skills now that you didn't used to have. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Is it like music where t uh, you get 10 years to write your first hit album and then every album after that you get six months? <laughs> I think it's, it's uh, it, you know, that's interesting. You said that it's not quite that timing. I think it's, but it is. You know, you, you, your first album, you can spend as much time as you want on because nobody knows who you are. And then and then I think it does take a while. I kind of just put it out when it's ready. I think the last thing, The Salesman, took me about three years. And uh, that I, I recorded that a year ago. So I'm a year in and I'm like, man, I think I could do this next one in, you know, 
two years or two and a half years, right. it's 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 starting to get there. It's not there, so you never know. But uh, right. ask ask me this time next year, and I'll tell you like, okay, I'm ready or nah. Yeah, I uh, screwed around for the last. <laughs> That's yeah. interesting. I, like you don't. Uh, now, I, before we go any further, I want to say you're at the Funny Bone in Columbus, Ohio this week. This is a Ohio week. Everybody uh, has some connection. Well, Big John didn't have a connection to Ohio, but almost every other guest uh, does. Uh, Ohio, uh, Central Ohio, um, right in the middle of. Well, I think right in the middle of the country, but they really are Eastern Time Zone. Uh, any kind of uh, do you alter your show for where you're going in in the uh, throughout the country? Not really. Um, you know, I think sometimes in in New York City it's a little different. You, you know, I, I lived in the city for five years, so I think in the heart of New York City, I slightly alter my show. And if you're doing shows like in Hollywood, I think there's a style that maybe you need to observe. Other than that, I, I kind of try to do the same shows. I mean, there's little regional things. I lived in Ohio for five years, so right. I know a little bit about it. Um, I, you know, the salesman was about selling peanut butter and I sold peanut butter in Ohio. One of my main about consuming peanut, peanut butter. What's that? <laughs> I thought it was about Only consuming peanut butter, meal, right? uh, being the, uh, <laughs> I'm the eater, you the maker. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, I, you know, as a, uh, a a trusted GIF salesman, uh, yes, I consume my product. I'm not, uh, yeah. a sh you know, some shill. Just let me let me do know. this. Uh, yeah, but so you you know the air because I was going to ask you most of the dates that you have now, except there's one in New Jersey. Most of them are. Oh, Nezra, Miami too. I didn't see, uh, like middle of the country, like that. Uh, that's that lane of uh, midwestern type of, of yeah. people. Is, is well, that your comfort zone? No, I mean I'll go anywhere. I think um, I, I I've always worked a lot of the Midwest, but I I go I, I go pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Um, I have a I have a quick question. Do you do you have a bit about? Do you play the flute, or did you when you were younger? I played the clarinet, uh, and I had a bit about it. Um, I wrestled, and I played the clarinet, and there was this guy on the wrestling team that just would, you know, never let it go. Look at Greg, man. Greg played a flute. I'm like, no, it's a, yeah, flute, it's a clarinet. You eat some flute, you, bro. Greg. I opened for you 20 years ago at Nitwits and Sioux Falls. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. I oh my god! I you I, wasn't dude, it was driving me nuts. I'm like I know I know, and the only thing I could hear in my head, and and by the way, I've whenever somebody says flute for 20 fucking years, I hear flute, your flute, bro. Yeah, flute, that's, your flute. yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah, thank you for that tidbit that's been haunting me for 20. Man, years that that year. that nitwits, they those the uh, owners, uh, Pat and Michelle, they were great, and yeah. I. If you guys don't mind, I'll tell a quick story about Nitwits. Please do. Um, I brought my friend uh, Dave Lease. He was a comic from L.A. I was living in L.A. at the time, and Dave was a younger guy, and he hadn't worked the road much. He was a funny dude, but I was like, dude, come on the road with me. So we go to Nitwits in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And uh, after the first night, I think it was like a Thursday or Wednesday night, we're just kind of hanging out uh, in the back of the room, and there's this, like, they have, like, a court jester costume back there that just sitting back there he's like what's that for and i'm just like i just run with it i go what are you talking about man goes, what's that for i go dude that's what you, the feature act has to put that on and go to the mall 
and, and, and scare up business for the show. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, don't act like you don't know. He's like, no, dude, I haven't done the road before. I'm like, on Saturdays, the feature act goes to the mall and does a tight 25-minute set at the mall. And you got to do it at this club. You got to do it in the court jester outfit. He's like, no way. I'm, he goes, are you going to be there? I'm like, no, I'm not going to be there, man. I'm the headliner. I don't have to do that. Yeah, and then he goes, he gets real serious. He goes, dude, uh, do I got to be clean? I'm like, it's the mole, man. Yes, you got to be clean. You can't be doing dirty jokes at the mall. Oh, man. <laughs> man, I I let him go for like 10 minutes on that thing. Well, he that, thought he yeah, had to put on the jester terrifying. costume and go to the mall. I love that you did that. Uh, I wish I had the power to make people do that. That would definitely make I'm, I'm a little disappointed that you that you stopped him before he got to put it on. I know, man. Yeah, you're you right. Probably, we should have gone all the way on that deal, it, man. We should have got him all the way to the mall on that thing, man. Yeah. And, and, got it caught on, and got it recorded on VHS. Yeah. Now, yeah, I was going to say, are, were there cell phones in the day? They probably weren't, right? So that we couldn't tape yeah, that and not. put it on, on I VHS. think 20 years ago, yeah, I think there, yeah, there were cell phones. Yeah, there were cell phones, ago. man. Phones. I'm not Zero 80, phone, I'm yeah. 55. It's, yeah, there, there were cell phones. <laughs> Flip phones, yeah. but not not like iPhones. Nobody yeah, they probably weren't. As, yeah, they probably weren't iPhones. Yeah, they weren't yeah. shooting video a lot on them. I mean, I four if seconds. It was like you got four seconds of video. video. Yeah, yeah. The memory they had, you got four seconds of video. But yeah. let me so, let me assure you, if I would have got leased to the mall in the Jester costume, we would have found a video camera somewhere. Yeah, so, yeah. somebody with a big camera would have come in. Yeah, like, there's yeah, it's the mall, man. The they were selling those yeah. giant JVCs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, the did, local local news station would have come out to cover it. <laughs> did you have to do a lot of like indentured servant, like barkers and working the door at places coming up and all that kind of stuff that they no, make? No, I mean I I was a little fortunate. I mean I I didn't do the barking thing because I I think that's if you start in New York City is basically right, yeah, what that yeah, is. Yeah, right. and I didn't start in New York City. By the time I got to New York City, you know I had already I was already somewhat established. Um. I did some, you know, bringers, a couple in LA where it's, you know, it's, it's stupid. And, you know, you bring your 10 friends and you get to go on stage and it's fine, except for like, you're making 10 friends sit through some of the worst comedy that they've ever, right. you know, it's like, <laughs> I'm not, I did it like yeah. twice. I'm like, I'm, ever, I'm never going to make my friends ever sit through like two and a half hours of horrible comedians. Um, right. yeah. And then I, you know, I was a little fortunate in that I worked for 10 years. I was selling peanut butter for 10 years and I, and I made good money and I had some money saved up and I like, I didn't have to take all the bad gigs. I didn't have, it, I, it's not as romantic, but I didn't have to sleep in my car. If we got to the hotel and it was horrible, I'd be like, well, I'm going to get my own hotel. Like, you know, cause I had, I had a little bit of money. Yeah, how did you get into that? I mean, did you just did you was there uh, head in the paper help wanted sales? But I mean, how do you get into peanut butter sales? What are you, are you kidding me, man? This is a this is uh <laughs> you don't grow up thinking I want it. It's a calling, butter. man. It's a calling. It's uh, <laughs> you know, it's a. I felt a, I had a purpose. Uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Did you ever feel like you spread yourself a little thin? How long have you been sitting on that one? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> <laughs> 
No, but I, you have to wonder. I mean, how how some of these careers come up? Now, have you ever been married? You're not married now, no, right? You, no, you've never been married. Never is, married. Yeah. Is that by? I mean, you you uh, uh, was that a uh, choice you made early in life? Like I'm just comedy is not conducive to having. A I think it might have been the um, maybe it's like the sum of a uh, hundred selfish choices or maybe maybe somewhat yeah, short, yeah, no, somewhat short short-sighted choices maybe you know I, you know you i mean to be honest you know i yeah i dated a few people and i uh you know i got into it late so i was early 30s on the road and i had to kind of restart a career and you're on the road and you know i did have fun i met some girls on the road and you know there's a couple that i probably should have like kept dating or pursued a little bit more, but you're like, man, I'm going to be in this next town tomorrow. And, right, uh, right, and, right. and I, and I got this show coming up and all that. And I think, you know, I, I'm not sad or anything like that, but I, I do wonder if at some sad. point, I'm, yeah. <laughs> well, I talk to my brother all the time, and he, to you guys, he, I'm sad. To 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 to, to uh, an educated eye, it's extremely sad. But to I'm too dumb to see it, is what I'm trying to say. No, I, I, I think I think because my brother's a bachelor, and when I talk to, he's always talking about women. I'm like, dude, do you not see? Every, every, take a look at my life. You don't want my life. You don't <laughs> want anything. Like, but uh, when well, you said selfish, I, it's like I think more selfless, knowing that you know what I'm going to be on the road. There's no, you know what, this, you can't build a life around me. I'm going to do what I want to do, and uh, that was my plan. I just don't know how I uh, fell off it. I, I, we always had a plan. No chicks in the band, too. But we ended up hiring chicks in the band. It was, but oh yeah. <laughs> yes uh, you know it's always that thing where the plan was to say you know this is not a life for a wife to be attached to no, yeah I, understand. I never wanted to be a black comedian i always wanted to be an asian comedian yeah and those yeah. are not the cards i was dealt you know right right, right. i uh man i i always wanted to see you as an asian comedian too uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i yeah. uh <laughs> And it's you, and the thing is, it's just it's it, yeah yeah you gotta you gotta stick with what you got, but uh, yeah yeah I think you I think you would have been great as an Asian comedian. I really do. I, mean, I, I I I think I would have also, but I I won't know now. You would have been great as an uppity Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> um, you you mentioned before the guy Dave Reese. I think you said his name was oh Lease. Yeah, Lease. Yeah. So he was. He said, "Do I have to work clean now?" That uh, suggests that he was not necessarily a comedian who works clean, but you do. Uh, yeah. Are you? Uh, do you? Are you cognizant of having features and and openers uh, who work clean, or it doesn't matter? Man, now I am. I think for a while I was kind of like, I'll follow whoever. You know, I don't want to tell guys what to do. Here's the thing, man. I have gotten. Um, I'm not a, an international superstar, uh, but uh, I, I, you know, some people come to the shows now, and they come because they want to see me, and they've seen me. They've seen me on wherever. On they've watched a couple of specials. They see me on TV, or they see me on something like this, and um, or they hear me on Sirius Radio, which was, I'll tell you later. Like that's kind of was the impetus of why I went totally clean, but. Uh, I feel like they come to a show now and they sort of expect to see a somewhat clean show. 
And if the guy in front of me is overly filthy, they're not going to get up and leave. But I feel like it's not exactly fair to them because I can see they're kind of right. like, ah, you know, they're, they're not the kind of people like I'm, this is an outrage. They're just kind of like, ah, I, I didn't really, this isn't what I expected. Yeah. So now, and I'm not, I'm pretty much G if you go to a show, I mean, every now and then on a late show, if there's an interaction with the crowd, you'll hear, uh, you know, you'll hear a little profanity, but not very often. Um, and, but the guys in front of me, I would, I would rather they be clean, but I'm not as rigid with them as I am with myself. Like, gotcha. you know, I, I, now, I'm, like, hey. I'm surprised to hear you say that. Cause I'm the dry by dry bar uh, comedy special you did uh, about five years ago. I think um, there was something that it wasn't profane. There was no profanity in it, but right. I, I thought, wow, this is not for the Mormon crowd. And in, in, uh, I thought it was a little bit suggestive of, uh, I don't know, sexual stuff or I forget what it was even the bit, but I remember questioning it like, how do you got away with that? Because they, I, they are squeaky clean out there. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, it yeah. I wonder profane. what I, I, I bet I would know what it was. I think I could guess. And I probably regret doing it in that set, you, you know, um, it seemed to get a good laugh, though. But that's what that was what I was questioning. Well, then like, I don't regret doing it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I get it. But, and that that was the thing that I was thinking. Like, I would not have had the balls to try to, to even try that on that crowd because I've seen my friend go out there and uh, and and really have a, a tough time with the line where where you draw that line and it right. seemed to work for you and it's like well he knew that would work i don't know how i think i know the line for the you know from i've done enough a number of corporate gigs uh i worked for a corporation i know man i was never like filthy ever i was a, way more profane than i am now um 10 years ago 15 years ago and there's a guy that runs Sirius XM comedy, a guy named Jack Vaughn, who, man, if there's industry that's been in my corner, Jack is, is the, is the number one guy. Like he, he used to be a comedy central records. He did my first album. And I don't know. I think when he started at Sirius, he wanted to revamp the clean channel a little bit. They have a channel that's, you know, kids can listen to. And he was like, Hey man, you're way too clean to not be all the way clean. What are you doing? N wow. knock it off like just go all the way on this it's it's a right. little bit of discipline and you're taking out you know you're gonna lose three bits and 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 he goes if you do there's a lot of places that you you know that you can get played that you don't get played now and, and i really took it right. to heart and um it just kind of started working out for me because i was always on that edge anyways you know i was right. i think i was just lazy or afraid uh to go all the way clean so. interesting you know, now uh, could do you think it, yeah. that's great advice to either to make a because I know clean com or comedians who don't necessarily work clean but can work clean if it's called for. Do yeah. you think you have to draw a line and, and either work clean or not? No, I think it's whatever works for you. I, I think that you need to be true to yourself to some degree. I mean, I think whatever you like. I love when people come up to me after the show and they're like, "Well, we're so appreciative that, that you're clean," and I'm like, "Thank you," you know, and they're like it's a, it's a higher form of comedy. I'm like, I, I don't think that, uh, it's like, they're like, it's easy to be dirty. I'm like, is it, is it really, you do it and see how well you do, you know, like, right. uh, right. I, I, go up there and, and go watch any one of Dave Attell's set 
and, and sets and tell me how easy that is. Cause it's not, <laughs> right. there's nobody that thinks at that level, you know? So like, I think there's plenty of comics, you know, it, it's something for everybody. I just think like, if you, if you are always thinking about dirty jokes and that's what makes you laugh and that's what made your friends and your family laugh, like probably go in that lane. That's who, that's who you are. I just, um, I, I think you can't be, exactly who you want to be all the time because there's such a thing as the media and there, you know, you have to fit into certain medium right. uh, into, right. in, 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 into a certain medium. So it's like, uh, you know, if I, if I really was myself, I would probably be as clean as I am with a, a little, especially when I do a character, a little profanity, salt and peppered in, but I've learned if I do that, it's just going to, it's going to exclude all these people that right. that just yeah, defends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might as well not yeah. do that. And you get more people to watch you. And right. I do shows right. now, like the, one of the funner shows we do, I I'm doing it in Columbus. Uh, I only do it in five markets is on it. We do a matinee show and it's, it's kids can come. And, right. uh, right. you know, I'm pretty much just doing my act. And then at the end of the show, we bring the kids on stage and interview them and let them tell jokes and stuff. And you know, like I would have never been able to do that stuff had I not, um, right. Yeah, had I not just made the move, and I, you know, I have Jack to thank for it. Really. Well, I know you, you don't, uh, you didn't ask me to uh, come on and promote this, but I want to promote the, the December eighth through tenth. Now that's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You're doing it at the Funny Bone. Yeah. Uh, three shows in a row. Now, are you doing two shows at, at either uh, Friday or Saturday, or yeah, and so, yeah, I think two Friday, two Saturday, and then Sunday is the matinee kids show, and then an, an evening early five, evening show. Wow, five shows in in a weekend. That's a that's a lot. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. See, that's the, back in the day, so like Nitwits back in the day, they ran a Wednesday, a Thursday, two on Friday, two on Saturday. And in my opinion, like that's, I think that's a really good setup for comics to come into yeah. town, do the week and, and then go, you know what I mean? Rather than these one night, you know what I mean? Because you don't know what people's schedules are, you know what I mean? It's so hard to make sure you're available for one night. So if you go to a city and you're doing, you know, five shows throughout the week, I think that's, or six shows. I always think that's a better setup for sure. Right. Now, uh, how long has it been that people in the audience are there to see you? Because for every comic you start out, you're just a person that's in front of a crowd that is not necessarily there to see you. But now, the and I don't know how long it's been when people realize, when you realize that, the room is full of people who are there to see you. And that makes a big difference. They know the comedy you do. They know what to expect. And they are, uh, they're more likely to enjoy the evening. How long, when did you cross that line from being in front of audiences who just, you were just another comic on the bill to being the guy they came to see? Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's always a mix. It, you know, it's certainly not a hundred percent of the people there know who I am at every show, but it's, really? uh, it's the mix is in my favor. Um, now I think probably 2000, 2004, I went on the Bob and Tom show for the first time, a radio show that's syndicated all over, especially in the Midwest. And I did, uh, you know, it was a, I did that flute man bit and I did some other stuff and it got really, uh, I got popular on that show pretty quickly. And so at that point, Real quick, I realized, oh, there's people. There were people there to see me. So since then, it's like ebbed and flowed. Of you know, this last year has been probably the best. Um, 
but it's ebbed and flowed and like, you know, you get in some places and nobody knows who you are. And then you get in some places and it's like, uh, everybody knows who you are. So it's, uh, yeah. And I think it's, man, it's funny. I, I think, um, I think it's healthy to do it in front of people that don't know who you are. It keeps you a little bit humble. And I think it, yeah, it does yeah. sort of force you into like, is that is is this joke really funny like when i'm preparing for a special i do some corporate gigs and they're harder they just are it's in I the know. day I it's know. like you know it's it's the setting isn't right it's the lighting's bad the sound's bad you're in a you know sort of a, a hotel conference room or whatever with right. and i and it's harder so usually and i can usually do pretty well in those because i'm just doing the best of i'm doing the best bits i've written over the last 20 years and editing it out all the stuff that has nuance to it or subtlety. And, but when I get, get a special where I think it's right there, I'll like be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do a couple chunks from the special in a corporate. And if it works there, now I know I got something. So that the salesman, right. I had this peanut butter chunk of like, I don't know, 15 minutes. And I started doing it at corporates. And not only was it doing well, it was the best thing of any material I, I did that night. And I was like, I think I might have something with this new special. It's yeah, killing right. in corporates, you know? Yeah. And that's, uh, that's gotta be one of the best feelings, right? Like, Oh yeah. It's, kinda, it's a great feeling, yeah. man. Yeah. Corporate yeah. is so weird because people are almost feel like they're forced to be there. It's a day that they were supposed to be right. off. Now we got to go into work, sit on uncomfortable chairs in a ballroom and do something we mandated to do. It's, and so if you can kill in that room, you know, it, it's going to work for anybody who, who was out intentionally looking to laugh. So Yeah. Yeah. You know, you said that's a great feeling. It is a great feeling. I think the best feeling is, when you have a bit that's just starting to turn the corner, it's like you got this bit and you knew you thought there was something there. And then it just starts to get like big last. And, and you know, it's not done. You know, it's like, man, I got two months left to find the right words on this bit, but I'm on to something here, man. I, I don't know if there's a, a more fun feeling in entertainment than that. Cause you're right. like this, yeah, this is it, it really gets you excited. Yeah, I yeah. The only, thing, yeah. the only thing I can think of that's better than that is saying goodbye to Govs. That's the only thing I can think of that's better than what you did. <laughs> saying goodbye to what? Saying goodbye to Govs. Saying, yeah, I have to say goodbye to Governor's Comedy Network. Oh, Governor's Comedy one, Club? One, one, yeah, one of the networks we were on this morning. By the way, Tom Green Thursday night, this Thursday night, the Tom Green, or I, as I like I've, to I've played Governor's, I think, or uh, the one that they own that's not called Governor's. Uh, McGuire's or brokerage. They have Broker, I played the brokerage one time. It was great, man. Yeah, brokerage is a great club. My uh, dad's from Long Island, so it, it was uh, it was cool to do that. Yeah, and best best sound system of any comedy club, which is really important to a guy like me. Uh, but uh, so Tom Green Thursday night, go check him out. We're saying bye to Govs right now. Bye Govs. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for being here. Uh, now, um, a lot of your comedy. Uh, is the base what really brings it home is the delivery and your um uh, strategic or pauses in the way your delivery and basically uh timing and all that kind of stuff when the pandemic hit and because the salesman I'm, it, I'm thinking was developed during 
a layoff where you could yeah. not practice that stuff. Oh, did that make you question whether when first time going back out after after lockdown and and trying to deliver that material? Oh, were you certain about it, or were you were there questions in your mind? Because the timing, you can't practice that without a crowd, right? You can't do that. In your yeah, life. yeah, yeah. That's a that's really interesting. You say that. I mean, a lot of it was developed during um, the pandemic. Uh, I think you get to a certain uh, point where you're like, I'm reasonably certain I've got something here. Uh, now, I don't know how long it's going to take me to stop stuttering around the words or find the right words or pause in the right places, but I'm starting to trust more and more that I will figure that out if I've got something, if I've got an idea, you know, and I think it's, yeah. There's really a, a few barriers. The first thing is, what do you want to say? Like, can you crystallize what exactly what you want to say? And that's harder than you think, because it's like I, there's something in there and there's something around this idea. But I don't even know how to I don't really know what I'm trying to say. So and sometimes that takes a while to figure it out. Sometimes on stage, you just go up and be like, ah, there's this thing around uh, uh, poison ivy that I want to talk about. And you just you just talk and then you find it. So that's one level. The next is like, you know what you want to say, but you're not using the right words for them to see what you're trying to say. And, that you know, that's another level. And then I think it's just, can you get it out in a consistent manner? You know, can, right, can right. you... And can you breathe the right way? You know, can you not sound right. like I'm trying to get this out? You know, I'm I real I'm desperate to say this. Uh, so yeah, I, I um over time I've kind of the gold is that I think I got something moment. I'll usually figure out how to say it, and and I now I have the patience where if it's good, there's a couple things in the statement where it took two years to really figure out how to say it the right way well, you know no, no smoke intended here i'm not either, i don't do false flattery but i don't think anybody working today uses a, a strategic pause as good as you do i think oh, thanks, uh, it's buddy. really really uh impressive and i i i'm over analytical to comedy but when i look at people i don't see i don't see anybody Doing that—that's an art form up into itself. I mean, there's all sorts of uh, little tricks and stuff within the craft, but that one I think is one that got overlooked. You use it like a master, so. Oh, I, you know, I—I I, I was thinking about, and, I, and that sort of happened default. Like, and I—I I, I have to admit to myself, I think that there is some influence there. You know, you know, like I think Jake Johansson. Oh. Uh, I think I'm, I, I'm hope I'm not emulating him too much because, you know, like, I think I learned a little bit about that working with Jake. I think Woody Allen did it in a, an interesting way. And I'm a big Newhart fan. And I think, oh, man, he, he, yeah. I think, so all those guys together, uh, and Hedberg, you know, uh, yeah. I, I, all those guys together, I'm like, ah, I hope I'm not, emulating them too much uh but i i would have to admit to myself that because i don't remember thinking like you gotta start pausing it's just like you start talking in a different way and you do like i want them to listen to this idea because i this is the this is the thing that you need to hear so sometimes rather than say it louder 
shut up for a second and then say it and maybe they'll hear it more clearly at that, Absolutely. At that point. Well, yeah. the, the pause intensifies what you're, you know what I mean? Like it builds the uh, yeah. emotion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and again, uh, you know, it, masterful work. Masterful I just paused work. there before I said yes. I don't know if you yeah. asked. <laughs> uh, now, corporate work, uh, that's an interesting stuff. You do keynote speeches and stuff like that, uh, which is not necessarily corporate comedy. Yeah. Uh, it, it, that's a that's a whole different game, right? Uh, yeah, most of the time it's just uh, we need somebody to be funny for an hour, oh. you know, and be clean. Every now and then they'll be like, hey, um, in order to pay you, we need to have some sort of takeaway. And I have like one sort of keynote about um, using humor to overcome failure. But what it is, and and it and I, it took me a while to like live with myself to like I don't want this to be some something that I don't believe in, you know. Right. Yeah, uh, so so it was funny. like, so it's basically like an hour of stand up comedy with about three minutes of hey I'm this I think I there might be something to take away from this, you know. Yeah. It's 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 and 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 I was in corporate America. I went to those meetings. And you're not going to take away, not, you're not going to get adults to listen and take away nine things. If you can get them to take away one thing, you know, you're doing right. well. So I tell people, like, if they're like, we need a keynote speaker. And I'm like, hey, guys, I, if you want a motivational speaker, if you want somebody that's, you know, a, a good amount of serious, don't hire me. Like, I'm not that guy. It's, I just, I want to make them laugh for an hour and then say, hey, here's one thing. Maybe, you know, I just, usually I'm just like, hey, if you noticed, most of what I talked about was my own failings. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. You, that's what I said. You know. That's the thing that doesn't, <laughs> it, it's really incongruent to me because you look, if, I mean, your appearance is like a guy who doesn't have all those failings. And that's, uh, you know, as a guy who was a very failed person, I look at you and like, <laughs> my, my first instinct is, oh, this guy's better than me. He's got a together and then you start talking and i was like ah he's just like me. i could uh <laughs> yeah i could have if you don't believe me i could have some of my uh, ex-girlfriends friends people they can write you some letters detailing some of my failures if you, if you <laughs> yeah, no. uh but i had a friend who uh he, he was doing the keynote thing and it was for a big corporation i'm not going to name here but everybody a, a brand that everybody knows and they asked them to roast some oh, of the corporate heads no. and he did his research and he went too far and got yeah, thrown yes, out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they always say that stuff or then like some idiot will come, so be like, Hey man, you can say whatever you want. Don't worry about like, just say whatever. I'm like, yeah, man. Um, I don't, you're, I don't see vice president on your name tag or whatever. I'm not going to just cause whatever the lowest guy in the organization told me he, he wanted to hear me swear at the corporate event. I'm not going to do it. They're paying me a bunch for this. You know, like, yeah, I'm not, I know. Those yeah. are great right. gigs. And man. they don't know what they want sometimes. Cause they will tell you roast the guy or whatever. Like, nah, yeah. nah. I mean, I will, if it comes up, right. uh, if something comes up organically, I think, man, I was doing this. Uh, it was like a heating and cooling company, a big, big company last year. And I just happened to sort of listen to their awards or, or, or something. And, uh, and they, and they, Oh, they were talking about one of the other public speakers they had. And it was the number one sales guy in the company that was just killing it. Um, and they were like talking about him like he was a God, you know? 
and uh and he was he was down in phoenix and uh i was like i'm gonna take a risk here i did you know not right off the bat like you get him on your side and then i go hey yeah. by the way man you guys are making this guy out to be some huge like god uh, 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 correct me if i'm wrong you're an air conditioning company and he lives in Phoenix. Like, I, I, like, <laughs> like, like, it's not that big a deal, guys. Like, yeah, it's not selling that uh, snowballs to Eskimos. Yeah, definitely. Like, I don't, it's not such a big, and then it worked, man. And then, and if you do one of those, you kind of go off script and roast them just a little bit, you're gold, man. Then you're in good yeah. shape. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I appreciate you you getting up and coming on the program. I'm a big fan, and hope hopefully uh, I really enjoyed talking fan. to you guys, man. Yeah, this uh, is a lot of fun. This weekend uh, at uh, the Funny Bone in uh, Columbus, Ohio, December eighth, two shows. December 9th, two shows, and then a Sunday show, a matinee show uh, at the Funny Bone in Columbus, Ohio. Go see Greg Warren. You'll laugh your uh, testicles off. Yeah, because we are working clean here. Oh, that won't uh, anyway. take me half as long. Greg, Greg, it's uh, been a pleasure. Thanks, and please do come back sometime. I mean, absolutely, I, I, man. Thanks, that. guys. Really, really enjoy talking to you. Have a great day. Yeah. Bye for now. All right, Thank we'll you. see you. Bye, Greg Warren. GregWarrenComedy.com, folks. Uh, we have to say goodbye yeah. to PBM TV really fast. PBM TV, uh, fill out the you all you. Uh, especially musicians. We want to get more musicians on here. Uh, fill out the form and come on the program. Let, let's uh, let's get you some exposure for your music over there on PBM TV. Bye for now, PBM TV. We'll see you tomorrow morning. And I believe on Sunday, the Rev was going to be, uh, I think it was on last weekend. I think there were like uh, more people watching church on PBM TV than any other place. So, uh, we we appreciate that. <laughs> uh, now uh, you got to get a, 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 a correspondence to the rev for me, because I I know uh, there's issues with why he does it on Sunday morning. Of course, church is Sunday morning, but there are people who do church at different times, like Saturday night, Saturday evening, Sunday evening, something like that. Uh, because this week the church uh, the rev mentioned that uh, he hasn't lost any subscribers on his YouTube channel, but we have lost uh, half a dozen or more <laughs> from my channel because people uh, on Sunday morning like to sleep in, and if they ring the bell to know when there's fresh content on, when the Rev starts doing his show, that bell rings at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, and this Sunday, we ended up losing 18 subscribers. Uh, we got back a bunch of them, but uh, so... Uh, maybe maybe if we could figure out something other than Sunday morning, that would be a good idea. Like later in the day, or Saturday afternoon, something. But 9 o'clock in the morning, you're laying in bed. That's one day to lay, lay in. You don't want your phone waking. Ah, go watch Mind Dog TV. You know what I'm saying? So, like, 11... Oh, like I don't know. You, you, you talk to the Rev and work with, and just express that and see what you come up with. That's all I'm saying. I'll I'll, I'll have <laughs> him talk to or him. or would you just have it on your on his channel on Doctor Rev Daily Roll's uh, YouTube channel and not on mine. So the people who rang the bell for this or to get or notified when this stuff like this or shorts on don't get a 
buzz on Sunday morning that says, wake up and, yeah, I know this is your day to sleep in, but <laughs> we want you to get up and watch something you didn't sign up for. Okay. This this is the problem I'm dealing with with, uh, with the whole YouTube stuff anyway, is, is trying to separate the channel so that people, if they signed up for one thing, are not getting the bell ringing at other times. I see. That's what we're trying to deal with. Anyway, okay. two good guests today. Yes? Yes. yes. You, you enjoyed Very both of them. Uh, yeah. That was a trip. I, 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 uh, when we, because you were talking about him being, you know, being on the show, coming up on the show, I was like, I know this sounds really familiar. And as soon as he came on, and I started hearing him talk, I'm like, I definitely. How do you feel that? Guy. How do you feel that you you remembered him very well, but he didn't remember you at all? I mean, I was a host, like I was the host uh, at a show he did. I remember years everybody ago, I ever met. I mean? I mean, yeah, that's not true. That's definitely not true. I remember everybody I ever met. Unless they, unless they change genders. <laughs> yeah, unless or, they you know, <laughs> If they yeah, were didn't kid. Remember Chris. Didn't remember Chris, did you? I still don't. I still don't. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still doubting that whole thing. Uh, uh, you know what? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. But no, so yeah. But if you were all, if you were a host of a show that I was on, I think I'd remember you. I think I would. Yeah, but I, you know, whatever. I'm, um, whatever. You I know, mean, it doesn't hurt my heart at all. I want it, it to hurt your I mean, heart. I want. I want to hurt your feelings. This is why I'm bringing it up. I, I want you to cry. <laughs> cry. Well, cry. Thanks. Damn it, cry. Hey. Uh, it, yeah. um, <laughs> I feel a little better. My spirits are lifted up. Thank you. Thank you for okay, that. Okay, you're welcome. Um, I'm glad I could help. Last night, Barry Katz had a, a writer's workshop on uh, uh, Blueprint for Success. People should sign up for that. There's a free link. Yeah, no, I'm going to go back and watch that video today for sure. Because uh, I, I got the notification, but I was super busy last night. But I definitely... It was a breakdown of Kim Wadsworth's uh, set. Oh, great. Uh, that he had, he had taped yeah. for her. Now, uh, yeah, they had like a show somewhere, a military show where she was on, and he, he taped it and it was breaking it down and stopping it along the way to comment on it. But, you know, a lot of gold, a lot of gold in there and what he was talking about and bringing out points of why her stuff works so well and, and the right. important parts of it. And I think anybody who doesn't take part in that because it is absolutely free. You don't have to pay anything for this. And I don't think you're going to get better analysis or comedy advice uh, or, 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 or career advice for free anywhere and I'm not just saying that because we're an affiliate. If, if you want, we have an affiliate link on mindogtv.com. If you go in the blog section, there's uh, in the in the right hand uh, side there, there's a link to Blueprint for Success. If you sign up through there, we get credit for it. I'm not saying it just for that. Uh, believe me, if if it wasn't great, I would not tell you it was great. For me, uh, riveting stuff, really important stuff, and I'm I'm becoming a bigger fan of Kim's work. Let's face yeah, it. Yeah, Kim is great. Yeah, Kim I know. She, I know she's great. But there, for me, the, how do I put this without being like uh, derogatory? For me, as a straight white male from New York, she it's is hard to not, relate to. 
she's yeah she for me it's hard to you know it's not going to be my i'm not going to be her target audience and i'm um, right she's not necessarily relatable right off the bat to a guy like me because she's right. uh a lesbian from texas <laughs> military and uh you know i gotta get used to the texas accent and all that stuff just you know right. take a lot. but i'm becoming a big you fan know, but that's a real marker of of the quality of her work too is that is that she could be entertaining even to an audience that's not her target audience right right and that 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 really says something yeah but it definitely helps uh when he points out why things you know he he broke the analysis was so good so good that I, I I definitely look forward to going back and I know I'm pitching this pretty hard, but anybody in who's into comedy out there, uh, sign up for the Blueprint for Success. You don't have to buy the premium or uh, diamond level stuff just to be on those calls. And again, that's worth its weight in gold. So do it, do it. Yeah, um, I agree. What are you doing? You got anything coming up this week? What are you doing? You taking this a bus week? ride back to Grants to go get your stuff and then. No, uh, no, actually, I think uh, my friend Dakota was actually talking about wanting to come out here. Wait, you got so a friend Dakota have... who lives in Dakota? No, he lives in he lives in New Mexico. I have a friend oh. named Dakota that lives in New Mexico. But Do you have a friend named New Mexico who lives in Dakota? Yeah, and, and, yeah. <laughs> no, all right. No, I'm no, sorry, I interrupted friends. you. Uh, go ahead. No, talk. it's okay. I watch Twitter. Um, but uh, this week I'm actually so it's a uh, it's not a comedy show that I'm partaking in. Uh, and this is actually another thing that John Small got me uh, hooked up with. You remember uh, during the summer, I did the mocktail mix-off, and I won the People's Choice Award for the drink that I made, Mountain yeah, yeah. View. Yeah, so yeah. they're doing a holiday mocktail mix-off on the 7th, and I will be participating in that. I'm going to be presenting a drink that I'm making called Holiday Warmth. And um, so I really look forward to that. That's another chance for me to to win some stuff you know uh i'm really doing a lot of different kind of stuff i mean of course i'll do a couple mics uh while i'm in town and stuff but um so you know, the are, you go is the are you going back to new mexico on the 13th still is that still part of the plan uh i i don't think so which is why i want to have dakota or somebody bring that to me if you don't want me to mail it i understand that but i think i can get dakota yeah, that, I would. I, I don't really because it's delicate equipment. First of all, this time of year, there's right. lots of thefts going on. In in oh yeah, that's definitely like, true. I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about like porch snatchers and shit like that. Yeah. I do know that it is. It did arrive and it did secure. My my sister has it. I had my sister um, grab it. And, well, we'll look forward to first of all. Your pot now it's been good the last couple of times you've been on, but you can't. That's in South Dakota, not New Mexico. Right. We, we look uh, forward to you having a better uh, connectivity and better all of that on the pod. But also, it's a recording studio, so you know you you can actually. Yeah, work no, I'm gonna be. And, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna go hard in the paint, bro. I'm gonna get busy. You, you got to get your kid. Uh, to help you figure out the tech stuff of it, I don't know how yeah. how how good you are with with setting that stuff up and understanding recording studio software. Part of it has a little soundboard that has effects and all that kind of stuff, and yeah. uh, uh, sound you know for both for podcasting and for recording stuff. So we look forward to actually hearing you produce some some new music with that stuff. That'd be awesome. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. And good luck with this uh with this winning the thousand bucks. Thousand bucks is a big win if you win that, right? That 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 does a yeah. that's a big smile on your face. As opposed Dude, to I like, can't remember the last time I had like four digits in an account or my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> well, because uh, yeah. my wife has been watching uh, Deal or No Deal, and like uh, somebody who wins a thousand dollars is depressed. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it's all a matter of reference and and a frame of reference and where you are in yeah. life. Because if you you win a thousand dollars, it's gonna put it's gonna make you week or month or make you. Happy. Oh yeah, for real. I mean, that's that that would definitely cover my travel expenses to Florida at the end of January. You Wait, when I mean? are you going to Florida at the end of January? Is this a dude? First I'm going to the there? rubble, bro. I mean, that's why I want the whole. Uh, that's why I wanted to get the press thing so that I could do the press affiliate for the Rumble. So it's is, my birthday that day too. I don't know if you know that. that in that, January, the Royal Rumble is happening on my birthday. Wow! In Jan- I thought I don't know. I could have sworn you were born in spring. I thought you and Dave like had a birthday together. They uh, no, January twenty seventh. All right. So, uh, which is the day my grandfather died. Thank you for reminding me. Of that. <laughs> hey, it's the day my dad died. So I mean, what do you? Oh. Uh, now, you, is Maryland on the way from South Dakota to Florida? It is, right? You're gonna uh, depends on how you drive. I was what? wondering if maybe you could go stop by GD's place and like have a fist fight out on his lawn or something and tape it for the show. Well, the thing is, my yard, like, because, oh, you got an excuse, you can't make the fight. It's an explanation. <laughs> Oh, and you know what? Uh, I did just find out I had a show in I have a show in Mitchell on the twelfth, the the Mac Daddy of a Mall show, which is a celebration of life uh, for Mackenzie Dagan, um, and who passed away fifteen years ago. But we're doing like a huge party, dude. I got involved with this event. David Dagan is a guy that I actually did some time with, and uh, he called me and told me about this event and asked me if I wanted to co-host it with him and do some comedy. We have uh, Jerry Irby is actually going to be on the show also. Um, but there's a parade leading to the venue. And, like, it, it's going to be huge. We're uh, The local paper's doing a story on it. We're, uh, we're advertising on four different radio stations about the event. Um, and I'm, I heard last night that I might be getting put through a table. So um, that'll be fun. So, put through a table? Yeah, yeah, you know, because uh, there's a lot of wrestling fans in the Midwest. I don't know if you know that. Um, I, so, 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 so it, sound, it sounds like I might get put through a table, which, which right. uh, sounds like loads of good fun. So it sounds to me like GD is always—he's never going to fight you because he's like—he's—he's he's ducking you. It sounds like that's what I it mean, sounds. I mean, like. I understand it. It's an understandable thing to do. You he, know, he's <laughs> afraid of getting his ass kicked. That's all. That's all. Well, and, and like I'm, I'm, I'm like I'm, I'm really difficult to to beat because I never stop getting back up. <laughs> like, oh, wow. all right, a tough guy, eh? You're a tough guy. You think you're? A tough I mean, guy? yeah, you know, uh, you oh. got to be tough when you oh, get beat up by a silverback gorilla your entire childhood. You know oh. what I mean? Like it creates some resiliency within you. Yeah. All right. Well, tomorrow we switch gears and we have the very dirty Ariel Julie 
on. Are you going to be on the program tomorrow? You, you, you... Yes, I'm very excited for her to be on. We, we've been Facebook friends for a hot minute, so I'm, she, she's I'm really filthy excited. dirty, and I, and this is what I'm looking forward to: filthy dirty. Uh, yeah. because we had two clean guys on today and you know, we, uh, there were a few, yeah, we gotta uh, dirty F-bombs. it up. We gotta, we gotta get some dirt on our knees. That's yeah. for sure. Uh, so I look forward to that. It's going to be a good show. Anyway, uh, that's the show for today. I hope well, it was, a kind of, a back, back to good shows again, rather than those no shows that we've been having lately. So eh, I'm happy. <laughs> with it. All right. Did GD freeze? I haven't, are you okay over there, man? Not- He's been really. Uh, I think he's yeah. hurt. I think he's hurt because I told him this was his last day on the program. But uh, we don't really need him any anyway. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We love GD. We, we love GD. We just want to see Willie beat the fuck out of him on his lawn. Um, but that's not going to happen because GD will go I'm, out that I'm, day. He'll run away I'm, from I'm, his own home if he knows that you're coming through town. This is. This is the kind of pussy he is. To, I would not be afraid to fight Willie. If Willie came here and wanted to fight, I would definitely meet him out on the front lawn. Just so you know, I don't ever want to fight. Yes, you and, do. And that's, you and want that's to fight GD on his front lawn. I don't want to fight. Yes, ever. you do. You do, too. No. You do. No, I'd much, you do. I'd much rather you do. be a man in peace. Yeah. But if fighting you do. is required, you do. God, I will. You do. Sure. You do. I do. You do. I mean, I do fight in a lot of different ways, just not, you know, physically. You know? No, you want to fight him physically. You do. Oh, my God. You do. You know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to kick you guys both out, and then you'll probably try to sneak back in, but I'll just put the whammy and the kazoo on you and, and then get out of here really fast and say Yeah, see, uh, I wish I knew how to even do any of that. I don't know how to bring Well, that, when you get your, when, when you get your setup from Dakota in, in uh, Sioux Falls, uh, New Mexico, um, <laughs> when you get when you get your uh, new setup, you will be able to do that. And that you probably, I think you, I don't know. Maybe it's the phone. Maybe it's the old fashioned way that you come in. And I don't know, but you have access now to be able to do that. Yeah. Anyway, so I hope you get your new stuff soon. That would be good. Uh, you know. Yeah, I'll 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 coordinate with people today and see what we can make happen for. Yeah. All right, and beat the shit out of GD for me. Okay, bye now. Bye for both of you guys. Wait, get out. Everybody get out. Uh, that's the show for today. I'm telling you to go. I hope you go to uh, bigjohnsmall.com and Greg Warren Comedy and check out our two guests today. Great stuff today. Two great, great guests. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, now go turn on your radio. And don't forget.
to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.